Hello, one and all, and welcome to Weekly Manga Recap. It is October the 18th of 2023. And as we approach the spooky, spooky day, I am still Nick. And I am still joined by whatever spirit is currently inhabiting Quinn. It may be uh, the Spookmaster General. It may just be the Spookmaster, like, Lieutenant, though. I don't know if there's a Spookmaster right now. There, there are ranks. Uh, unfortunately, I think I'm just being possessed by the spirit of a meatball sub that was uh, a little too generous on the meatballs. Uh, so uh, that's who you're getting. But I think I've heard there's going to be a special guest next week. Gotcha. So, if, so what you're saying is if you have, like, food poisoning then you won't be possessed by the Spookmaster General. That's actually his other big weakness. Um, uh, there, I should say, uh, is, yeah, if you uh, just eat enough that their tummy hurts, it takes them right out. <laughs> they, actually have, they actually have a lot of weaknesses you would be surprised by, and that's one of the big ones. So what you're saying is you just don't take any preparations against their possession, even though it happens year after year. I, I let them figure it out, and this year, Swoopmaster was a bit of a fool, a bit of a clown. Started eating like, meatball subs they shouldn't have, and now I'm back. It's like those horror franchises that just have, you know, sequel after sequel after sequel. You know, they keep on returning and stuff, and it's like, don't people know how to fight these things? <laughs> it's like, well, if it's the same person, they're just, they just don't give a shit, then they, uh, yeah, it's gonna keep on happening, you know? There have been, I think, what, like, six scream movies at this point and i, I think that's correct i think in over half of them the killer is somebody who everyone thought was dead earlier in the movie and i don't know why it keeps getting because the cast that hasn't changed a ton like sydney's mm. in most of them i think uh jennifer what, what's her name courtney cox i think she's in all of them i don't know why she just says like hey guys very realistic chance somebody who died is actually behind this they just faked it so you know Keep your eye out for that. Yeah, just like someone like bring like, I don't know, like just like check their wrist, make sure like that they have a pulse or not. You know, can we just do yeah. that? Can we make a habit of that instead of like, oh, they're covered in blood. They must be dead. They must be done for. What are you going to do? Now, uh, I don't see scary movies. They're too spooky for me. Uh, mm -hmm. But I do get all of the newest updates from Austin. Uh, and oh, okay. he, he said uh, new exorcist garbage. He said embarrassing that it came out the same year that Talk to Me came out, which just did a possession gimmick way better. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but then he also the one, said uh, the one with the hand. Yeah. Uh, but then he also said Talk to Me or not Talk to Me. Um, uh, sorry, Saw X. He said uh, pretty good. You know what? Uh, they're leaning into it. Now they're just like, you know what? Saul's the good guy. <laughs> <laughs> actually we should just be making it so you root for saw because i don't know why we're doing anything else you know those people are gonna die so you might as well want them to yeah <laughs> they're done for uh yeah I, I got confused for a second uh and made the same mistake that eerie gray did uh, when you said new exorcist and i was like wait what that got a movie no no this no. <laughs> got a movie <laughs> it's very important nick that that manga's name is new sexorcist there's an s there yeah, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, like uh, some, some franchises, it takes years and years and years of unprecedented success for it to get a live action movie adaptation. But some series like New Age Exorcist or New Sexorcist, as it is properly known. So, uh, yeah, 
half a year of publication, and then bam, off to Hollywood it goes. You say that, but like the series is supposedly doing absolute gangbusters, so I would not be shocked if this thing gets an anime announcement like midway through next year or some shit like that. Just something to really drive the uh, uh, a screwdriver into my eye. That's like, that seems like a saw trap. Let's tie it all together, Nick. Uh, that would really uh, drive the reverse bear trap uh, from from my jaw <laughs> through the top of my head. Oh, man, that sure would, I don't know, put me in a cube filling with water. That was a weird one. <laughs> uh, that would sure uh, get me tossed into a pit of needles, I think, is one of them. Yeah. Uh, that sure would explode the room that I was in while I was chained up with a bunch of hooks. All right, let's see how back and forth we can go and remembering saw traps from two people who have never seen the movies. Uh, yeah. That would sure put me in a barbed wire course where I have to drag myself underneath it before a door closes. I think that's the first one. I, 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 I don't know. Yeah, I guess there were other traps besides just locking them in a bathroom. <laughs> and which, in the grand scheme of things, this is a very saw trap. I guess he's like, saw off your leg, but like, I don't know, there should be like an explosion. He should have been like, uh, saw off your foot, or I'm gonna this drop... Is really, this is really just a proof of concept. I'm just trying to work out the kinks before I move on to hire to, uh, you know, more complex puzzles for you, for you guys to solve. I hope you're looking forward to the next one. Actually, it doesn't matter. You'll be dead if, 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 if you don't pass this, so... Yeah. yeah. Uh, but do tell your friends about Saw. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, I, we five stars. <laughs> I, I think we're going to have uh, better, better, better traps next time, basically. Well, you know, an independent project like mine, where we're just a small indie game company, uh, you know, we really rely upon word of mouth, <laughs> and that's uh, very difficult when we kill off our players. <laughs> Our player base is always shrinking. It's a big problem. So again, you know, just retweet, you know, repost wherever it is. It really, it does a lot of help for me. Uh, oh, I see you have a question. Yes. Uh, what did you do with all the fundraiser money? Oh, uh, I got it in the stream. Got it in the stream. <laughs> Doesn't look like it went into the traps. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> no, I'm going to drop a... Hey, cut off your leg, or I'm going to drop a big hammer in there, and you'd, you'd have to hit yourself with a hammer and kill yourself. Like, I'm not going to do that. Please? <laughs> it's my first, it's my first uh, saw. Look, I promise if you do it just a little bit more, you'll be able to change your avatar. What, like, we'll, we'll have to, like, wear different clothes when you kidnap us? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The saw verse is going to get huge. You're going to be able to do a lot of things. <laughs> You're going to be able to see if your friends were able to fill up the pint of blood thing. Before their heads exploded, you know, <laughs> um, leaderboards, thinking about leaderboards, <laughs> uh, premium content. Uh, that's the big thing. Though. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. We've done our, slow, <laughs> our required solve bit for the year. Uh, guys, there's some wild chapters that happened this week in the world of the manga that we talk about. Uh, so let's get into it with not an easy not a gradual start it's it's my hero academia chapter 403 the end of an era and i was gonna say uh, you had the fun challenge of uh remembering that there's like an extra part of the title 17 pages later yeah that uh is the title repeats and extends at the end of the chapter it's odd so we left off last time with uh, All Might in Dire Straits, uh, he uh, 
had seemingly been beaten by all for one and in a last ditch effort was going to use the gauntlet modeled off of Bakugo's powers to explode all for one and uh, try and stop him. Uh, meanwhile, they're headed towards the battle where Shigaraki is fighting with Deku because all for one wants to bond his selves together. We cut to we start off with a flashback in the beginning of this chapter and see Baby All Might. Oh, look at that little guy. I this uh child horikoshi has such a talent for drawing uh children in a way that seems to make them very lovable uh because i do love baby all might who's just like like their mouth fully open like a dinosaur going crazy and then also for the perverts out there you can draw all might's mom in some horny shit now congratulations that was it's like a new a new level for you Look, guys, you know what All Might's mom's hairstyle looks like. Now you can draw her with her tits out. So <laughs> Now you can draw it getting pulled from behind by, I don't know, Gran Torino. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, All Might's basically life is flashing before his eyes as he thinks back to this. Uh, and he says that, you know, when he was a kid, he just had like a very kind, sweet childhood. But now as he looks back on the path that he has walked in his life, uh, he realizes that even though it seemed to have humble beginnings, what he saw seemed so very significant. Unfortunately, that explosion thing that he tried to do didn't really work as there are spikes protruding out of his hand now, uh, straight through the gauntlet, stopping it from exploding. And uh, all for one uh, says, ha ha. Uh, you thought you were gonna. You thought you were gonna. Oh, go down a great blaze of glory! No, 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 no. That's it. That you got no more tricks. And also, turns out I did steal Stain's quirk, and he uses it to paralyze All Might. Because of course he's bleeding. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you guys know this, but he's been <laughs> bleeding for a while. Now. I was gonna say, like, how did he get the? Oh, right, from all the dying, all the, all all the, the dying the- he's been doing. <laughs> Uh, and so All Might's completely paralyzed, uh, All for One grabs him by the neck, and he starts to fucking just Joker grin, like, he smiles so hard that he starts to tear his own face apart, because, you know, he's the impeccable planner, uh, All for One, you know, he's got plans on top of plans, but he's also crazy, uh, and bloodthirsty. I, I, I do get it, you're like, look, we're paying homage in many different ways to a lot of very famous comics, like... The idea that All for One would, like, do an homage to one of maybe the most famous comic book antagonist or villain of all time makes sense. Uh, it is one of those, like, what a dork moments. <laughs> like, as a reader, <laughs> like, what a loser. Uh, and yeah, he, he, All Might is completely at a loss now. He's got nothing he can do. He's completely paralyzed. And all, and he's got this look of shock and horror on his face. And All for One's like, yes, that's what I've been waiting for. You at your lowest. Okay. He's got it. Uh, and things, things start to go bad very quickly, uh, what are you talking gentle. about? The next panel says uh, uh, Gentle's like, I got it. I've, I've saved That's the day. Fine. I've got it. I've, I've stabilized everything. Immediately a bolt of lightning goes through it after that All for One has shot out uh, through the base uh, and it starts to plummet again and uh, Gentle's got to go right back to trying to stop it. Uh, and All for One says like, 
UA has distracted me and it threw off my aim. No matter, be crushed under your own righteousness. So, I, I guess it's just him taunting, right? He wasn't aiming Everyone. that strike at All Might, and he's just like, damn, I suck. <laughs> Holy yeah. shit, I really missed. Now, good thing I hit another thing. That's actually yeah. really saved myself from completely looking like an idiot there. But that was a bad shot if I was trying to kill All Might. Mm. Uh, but it looks like uh, we got to run in here, Quinn. We got it's uh, it's all right. The even the odds. It's star and stripes. Da, 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 da. Nick, who could that possibly be? Da, oh my da, god, da, they've da, got da, the steel da, da. chairs. Oh, oh my god. Oh, it's oh, the, oh, it's oh, the Bullet Club. They're all here. All uh, all of the useful oh, no, members. Oh no, wait. It's just uh, it's just it's just three MB. Oh. Sorry, it's just three. Yeah. I was like, I was trying to think. I was like, who's the most disappointing faction who could come out this no, 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 no. Sorry, three MB has two future world champions on it. <laughs> oh no, it's just uh, the social outcasts. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I, I really had to sit there for a moment. I was like, Drew McIntyre. Oh right, you can't hinder the gender. <laughs> we'll never be able to. St- you always be able to say that. Eventual world champion Cinder there, there is such a delightful world to so, think that there was a time where they were like, well, it's SummerSlam or, or Survivor Series, so we have to promote a champion versus champion match. Of course, being uh, Brock Lesnar versus an equally impressive champion in Jinder Mahal. And then they yeah. very quickly are like, oh, Randy Orton has a title. That way, that way people wouldn't just like boo the match out of existence. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Star and Stripes crew show up, and they're like, "All right, well, we've got to get ready to, to, to shoot, shoot all for one." They're like, "What about All Might though? We'll hit him too." Uh, they don't have time. The- they don't have time to finish <laughs> that philosophical debate. That honestly, they probably should have had on the way there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so just as they're deciding that they need to fire, uh, All for One wrecks their shit. And just slices all their plays in half with a swipe of his hand and just kill them, kills them all. <laughs> it's kind of cool. Like, literally, their, their, like, yell to fire is cut in half. Like, that's how ruthlessly he does it. But it was uh, one of those moments. It's like, thanks for coming, guys. That's uh, Stars and Stripes' uh, best friends or something, everybody. No small players in this show. Everybody's got a big part. Yep, got to make sure, you know, it was important that we made sure that they were included in this in this uh, sequence, because yeah. they did a lot. This now, is actually... Now, who um, who's the Star Wars dude? Oh, the Admiral Akbar guy? Yeah. We've seen him before. I'm trying to remember. Uh, I know we have. on him. He must be involved with Stars and Stripes somehow, but I can't remember yeah, anymore. Yeah, I, I can't remember if he's, like, the coordinator or the manager or... or something i think that he might be like the government contact yeah. for her but anyway they are all dead and fall out of the sky and um deku it can only watch from a distance as this is all happening as all might is still helpless uh the stream is going out all over as uh all for one starts to lift up toshinori's limp paralyzed body and everywhere i was like oh my god he's gonna die holy shit i can't believe this there's people all over the world watching it having different reactions uh uh you know some people say like oh my god this can't be happening some of them say i remember he saved me once uh melissa shield from the movie uh is also watching and she calls all might uncle might which is very sweet uh and 
All for one lifts up All Might and says, no matter how it goes down, his death marks the end of an era. And he starts to lift up All Might and in another comic montage is clearly going for the Bane break yeah. the bat moment. <laughs> Very much. Uh, and you know, people are still going like, no, no, no. And it looks like it's going to happen. And uh, finally, as people are begging for something to happen, off in the distance, a gleaming, shining figure stands up on the base that they had imprisoned Shigaraki on. And we get a repeat of the chapter title, number 403, The End of an Era. And as Bakugo stands up and he's still got his dorky All Might trading card because it was very important. He picked that up as soon as he came back from the dead. Yeah. He wakes up. Where's my fucking trading card? Ed Shot just gave his life for you. Who? Where's my goddamn trading card? <laughs> and the beginning. And uh, Deku locks eyes with Bakugo as he is revived. Yeah. Look, this is a cute, uh, this is a cute, I don't know why that was the first adjective I would, I mean, it is a little, look at all the effort you made in this big epic hero moment. It it is a little adorable, however, everything's framed around, like, these two kids were, like, you know, they became weird friends over this connection they had to All Might, and how that has changed their lives in so many different ways, and, like, being reminded of that moment, um, it's cool. Uh, it's it's very dorky. Like I love the way that Bakugo like reappears as though like someone had like lit a floodlight behind him. Like there's this big shining light that I guess happens after his one up got used essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like it's a little dorky, but I don't know. It's cool. I love that like Bakugo's up. Um, I don't know if this is a thing that's always been going on. Has Bakugo's eyes always look like they're exploding? His pupils? I don't think that that's a regular thing. Okay, so I didn't know if that or uh, like what Deku's pupils are doing are like normal things that's meant to like signify something. I don't know. Are they going ultra instinct? Who knows? But I thought this was cool. It has been so long since Bakugo seemingly got killed. Uh, so, hey, you made us wait for it. And it feels like a big deal when it finally happened. So, well done there. This is a very comic booky chapter. There's the villain references in it. And also there's the fact that literally some characters that have been important for a while, but were specifically going to do something... Literally, we're just killed in order to up the stakes a little bit more. That is literally the only reason that Star and Stripes crew was ever involved in this thing, because they made no difference at all to the plot. They were just there so that it would look like they would try and they were going to try and save the day and then get killed, so that, to make the villain look more dangerous, which is the most Western comic book thing ever. Uh, that all being said, this is a very well crafted and structured and paced sequence to really build up to make it seem like Bakugo is the last hope for this situation yeah. to really turn the tide. And if you want to make him look like a big deal, that's how you do it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I dig it. I, I had fun with this chapter. We have 
so many big chapters. It's weird to think like the chapter that Bakugo comes back uh, may not even rank in like my top no, three not. craziest chapters this week, but we shall see. Uh, Nick, we are going to move on though to Undead Unlock number 179, Trust. And we Trust. open in a little bit of a flashback to before the surgery for the Blade Runner was done. And Lotla's like, hey, I'm taking one of those legs attached to my body and I'm making progress with you. And Rip's like, no, what are you doing? This is my burden to bear. You have your own world to fill. I'm fighting to protect you guys. What good will cutting off your leg do? And Latla just starts crying. She's like, you are always doing this. You are pushing everyone away to just go forward, shouldering all of the burden on yourself, just like your whole becoming a doctor thing. And she's like, you know, at first I thought it was just a pickup line that you said to my sister. Uh, but as time passed, I realized that you were very, you were real about this. You were really actively trying to do it. And you risked your life to become my sister, to save my sister. And I wanted to help you, but you kept just marching forward. And I couldn't catch up to you. So I decided to forge my own path, completely different in fortune telling. And despite the strides I made, you still wouldn't let me share your burden. And... The entire time she's giving this speech, we are, as the audience, reminded with photos of Rip and this other life to show that, like, yes, this is this is what happens if Rip continues this path. He will take all of the burden in on himself. He will continue to, like, push himself to more and more dangerous extremes. And it's probably going to end in tragedy as well. Uh, it is, and also the whole time he's distancing himself, if not physically, then emotionally from Lala. Yeah, he so. is. It is like this parallel they're meant to create. It's not perfect. I've heard some people were kind of confused by it because it's like, who is this for? Like, uh, Foucault isn't there in this moment. So there's no one who has these memories. And I believe it's just there for the audience because we are supposed to be reminded of this as well. Like if Layla dies here, this is what Rip will do. He's going to push. He's going to push everyone aside and do everything he can to find some crazy way to bring Layla back or whatever. Uh, but you know, it's like if you attach these things to your body, you will never stop. So the very least that you can do is let me fight alongside you. Fuko pops up very conveniently. She's like, "Oh yeah, you actually could do that." By the way, <laughs> artifacts' power is dependent on the strength of your heart, so. Uh, you know, this might even end up being a stronger artifact than last time. Uh, and uh, Rip is, you know, favorably or uh, understandably like, when did you get here? Why are you so hurt? What are you doing? And Fuko's like, I have to move Layla to sixth location. And like, why? Why would you do that? She will be in so much more danger. And she basically is just like, so he gets stronger based off of sicknesses. So he's going to come here anyway. So instead of just having him come to us, we're basically going to bring Layla to him and use that as a way to kind of get the rush on him to like try to surprise him or whatever. And I think if we all work together, this will work out. Of course, if Layla is the bait, then that means she has to be okay with this as well. And Layla's like, let's go. <laughs> She's like, sounds good, dog. Let's fight together, the three of us. So... We get into the present. We see that, like, Sick is coming at them now after having his arm cut off. Uh, but Sean uses Unseen and Chikara uses Unmove and they're able to get out of the way. Uh, we jump back into the flashback a little bit where Fuko explains, like, look, this guy is crazy powerful. He is the strongest a UMA can basically be, the highest rank of it. 
He's good at finding gators. You guys can fend off your attacks with unrepair, but like Latla won't be covered by unrepair, and you know it, it creates a weak point for you. But if her ability activates as well, I think you guys will actually have like the perfect combination of offense and defense. So, you know, try it basically. I guess like I don't know if you'll be very good at it with your first time, but like now seems like the time to try or whatever. Uh, and Rip's like, fine, you know, all right. But what are we going to do about Layla? She's not going to last much longer. And Fuko's like, I know, as for Miss Layla, I'll perform the operation. And we uh, we see a shot. Fuko's putting on her scrubs. She's she's sterilizing. And Gina has created her big unchanged barrier around them to do surgery while this fight is happening, which seems... All right, it's ideal circumstances. Yeah. It's ideal circumstances. <laughs> it's never been better. Um, so, uh, there is a moment I don't quite understand the process of where Six, Six sees that this is happening, and I don't know if he gets so angry he, like, melts his skin off, or, or what exactly. Oh, he rips himself off, uh, like Andy used to do. That's what he's doing. Okay. It like took to get me out of the end move. Yeah. yeah, it took me a moment to figure that out. So, apologies. Uh, but he's like, no. This fuck you. I'm gonna try to kill you guys. Uh, people block him though, and Rip and Lotler are like, "All right, now's our chance." And because their hearts are now synchronized, Nick, the two Blade Runners fuse into one giant boot, which I admit not nearly as cool as two different ones. They kick in unison. The idea that both of them have one foot in this big stupid boot. Big leg. It's a big leg that they kick. <laughs> very amusing to me uh but they're like yeah it's gonna be weird finding lock stacked together like this but we're gonna try uh and fuko's surprised she's like shit blade runner evolved which is very cool it's very strong now but it's so powerful now that sick will be able to identify them even if they are hidden with unseen so they're like all right shikara you gotta use unmove all the lights go out we see that the juniors have basically bitten the the you know the lighting wires uh it looks like they've also done the same thing for like the robot suits that a couple of the members have and things like that so everyone's in total darkness they can't see what's going on uh and a bunch of juniors are launched to attack uh our group here and we we get this cool little moment where lotla is like thank you rip for believing in me the fortune telling i once believed in is no longer accurate but you trusted me and in that case, I'll just have to accept it. And we can see in her crystal ball, the juniors have reached there, like, basically attacking them at this point. And she points to the camera. She's just like, a 100% wrong fortune ain't so bad. And we get the little, you know, power move thing of untrust. Finally revealing what Lotla's uh, uh, negator ability is after... I guess not even just the name. We know what her power could name. do for right. years now, but we finally now know it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's nice to to know that and see how it wraps into the theme of uh, you know her story with with Rip, though. Yes, I think it's very very uh, emotionally uh, satisfying here. Uh, so Sick sees that all of his attacks just 
literally go everywhere else. Like, he's just like, why did all my attacks veer off course? And then suddenly, he gets lit up like a fucking Christmas tree. Literally, like, a dozen lights suddenly get focused on him. And he's like, no, what? I, I, I destroyed all their lights. And this is so dorky, but I fucking it's love so it. Nice. All of the doctors in the hospital are like, this guy's dangerous, right? Rip, here, we're going to light him up for you. You can see him now, right? <laughs> they all, all the doctors have big floodlights and flashlights like pointed on this guy. And Sick is just like frozen in air because Jakara can see him now. And he's like, as long as I can see you, you're mine. So uh, Rip just says, thank you, everybody. And then screams, get ripped to shreds. <laughs> And uh, they do a moonsault. Not the kind that I'm used to. Not the kind, it's, yeah. It's a very different kind of moonsault. Um, but I will say this, already infinitely more effective than Kurt Angle's moonsault. So that's... Fuck! Uh, they... Hardcore Holly would beg to differ, Quinn. Oh, did, did someone get beat by the Angle moonsault once? Uh, no, uh, Hardcore Holly broke his arm when the Angle did that too. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Uh, we see that uh, Sick has been, you know, slashed right down the middle. It's under repair. Probably can't come back from that. Presumably done for now. Uh, <laughs> hope he can't come back from being bisected. Uh, but Rip just says the rest is up to you, Fuko. And that's where we're left off. Yeah, it feels like the big action climax of, of, of this battle. Uh, I mean, we've got, you know, like, hey, here's a taste of how the new uh, Rip's abilities are going to take effect uh, is that he works together with Lala and it's a cool double arts uh, style of fighting thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, given the stress that has been placed on actually needing to cure Layla, it does seem as though things aren't 100% in the bag right now. Uh, so I, I feel like we're not going to get just like a, a nice little like, and everything's fine. It's like, no, I feel like there might be a little bit of an extra wrinkle that'll come after this, but possibly very satisfying. After I mean, chapter. to to some extent, if they kill sick, it should kill sickness as well. Um, I'm not a hundred percent certain how that would work because they've been kind of inconsistent with whether killing mm -hmm. UMAs actually erases the rule or not. So I wouldn't be shocked if that's just like, you know, something they they have to work around or or, or whatnot, but um. It's going to really suck if they come across the unhealthy girl uh, later on. And it's like, there's no sickness in the world, but I'm still sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. It sucks to suck. I know it does. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see what they end up doing there with all that stuff. But the yes. one the one negative I will say about the chapter is I did think a lot of the members of Union kind of like the ones that got stabbed kind of no sold being stabbed with sickness. <laughs> Like, uh, it seemed like that was supposed to be kind of like a more dangerous situation. A lot of them are just Gina like, was getting her soul tugged out yeah. in the previous chapter. And she's up in this one. It's like, it's all right. I'll just put a barrier around. Yeah, you. I got this. All right. Blue box. B -b 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 Blue box. Chapter 121. Good luck, senpai. Uh, Taiki shows up to the gym. Uh, he's gotten there just ahead of Shinatsu, uh, and uh, they both kind of just like set things up for their respective clubs. Uh, and uh, kind of unexpectedly, Akari shows up. Uh, uh, Taiki still remembers her as just Yodo's younger sister because they've only just met in the previous chapter. 
she, you know, greets them and then kind of awkwardly says like, oh, uh, by the way, the advice you gave me about my elbow and how uh, to hold my racket. Uh, yeah, it really helped me. So thank you. Uh, and uh, Taiki's like, oh, yeah. Uh, I, I was kind of worried that, you know, I was giving un unsolicited advice. And she was like, no, 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 no. Uh, you know, I'd heard about you from my older brother. Uh, and she does an impression of Yodo by, like, squinting her eyes. <laughs> the, oh. I always say... Yeah, he's an interesting guy. Uh, so she's like, yeah. And so I took your advice, and now I think you really are an amazing upperclassman. Very Aww. cute. Aww. Yeah. And she's like, oh, sorry for interrupting. I gotta go. And she goes off and immediately trips so hard one of her shoes flies off. This <laughs> like, how? How do you do that? I don't understand. Like, I have tripped and tripped out of my shoe before. That has absolutely happened. But how do you do it with such force that it, like shoots the moon over top of you. Yeah. Uh, so Taiki, you know, is like, ah, ha, ha, yeah, yeah. And then looks back and sees Chinatsu staring at him. And she goes, ah, you're all slack jawed. He's like, no, 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 no. It's not like that. It's not like that. And she's be like, ah, just kidding. <laughs> there was a moment there where like a thousand people's fears suddenly like came and realized like, oh God, she is going to be jealous of this girl. And it's like, no, she's being a jokester. Yeah. She's totally fine and secure with things. Because, uh, of course, that's that's nice. Because she's the coolest. Why wouldn't she, Nick? Uh, it's, of course, not just the start of, hey, you know, freaking clubs and athletics and stuff like that. But it's also the start of a new actual proper school year. Uh, we see that Ayame and uh, Hina and Hina's friend. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hina's friend! Hina's friend! Hina's friend! <laughs> And I believe as well, Kyo and Taiki are all in the same class, mm -hmm. it seems like. Uh, Which so is essentially every major character from that grade range? From their year, yeah. yes. There's not anyone else that's nearly as important as the four of them and Hina's friend. Uh, <laughs> uh, Eerie Grace is it's Nina. Uh, which is, seems like a very easy name to remember, but I'm not going to. I, no, I no, can already no, feel I refused. it. Yep. Uh, so, you know, they, they talk a little bit, but it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to get to make so many great memories together. Sports Day, the Culture Festival, the class trip in the fall. It's like, we better see at least one of those or else <laughs> we're going to feel a little bit cheated. Um, and uh, also, however, Kato, Mr. Uh, basketball Guy, is, uh, is uh, in the same class, too. And they kind of just mention that briefly. And then they're like, oh, I always got all those friends and stuff. Uh and uh, people are still freaking out over like, oh, Chono Senpai, she's so cool and attractive and stuff. And uh, people point out like, you know, you're popular too, Hina, because, you know, that. And, and she's like, huh, you know, I wonder if anyone would join if I started a fan club. And like, Wait, you make, you'd make one for yourself? <laughs> I like that. Like, the, yeah, like these two girls are like fawning over like, oh, it's Ch Chono. Good morning. And Ta Taiki's like, are they on the rhythm gymnastics team? She's like, I have no idea who they are. <laughs> I don't know who they are. I have, I've never, I don't believe I've ever met these two, <laughs> but I have, I have fangirls, basically. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Haruto, Yusa's younger brother, uh, <laughs> just goes in through like the second story window of the school just a full on like I'm the protagonist of a different manga <laughs> mode over here. Nah. Uh, and they're like, Stop going through the window like that. Oh, 
Yeah, well, it's just faster for me to do it this way. Just overlook it, please. <laughs> be cool, please. Just be cool. And see, so they're like, oh, look, I'm already inside. No, go outside and come back in normally. All right. And he goes out through the window. <laughs> um, so then uh, we cut to later on when Haruto is like, you know, practicing, doing practice matches and stuff for the club. And people are like, oh, yeah, he is good. He's very consistent. Uh, out of all the new students, he is definitely the best. And so someone comments like, oh, man, but if he's that good, why isn't he at Sachikawa? And uh, so someone approaches him and is like, oh, you're really good. What can I do to hit like that, Mr. Haruto? Can you practice with me so I can learn? Because I want to get good enough to be to try for nationals. And Haruto's like, yeah, you can't do that. No, it's not a chance, kid. There's no chance. I've seen the way you hit. You're you, you're too desperate. You're rushed. You if you keep hitting direct shots like that, you're basically inviting your opponent to smash the shuttlecock and make a fool out of you. Uh, and uh, so he starts to you know like say like oh you got to be more. And then uh, oh god, I've got I keep on every time that Hyoto comes back into the story, I immediately am like what's his name? Because <laughs> like it gets me confused. <laughs> How are you? Because their names are kind of similar. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh no. I've <laughs> it's like overwritten the, the name in my head. So Haru interrupts just passing by and he just goes, you know, from what I can tell, you have a long way to go. Says so to Haruto. And who immediately you know, rankles up and is like, oh, you want to have a match? Uh, and Haru's like, we're practicing shots right now, baby bird. It's so ruthless. Ooh. He immediately is like, I'm taking this kid down a notch. Fuck this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the guy that Haruto was just tearing into uh, very casually uh, is just like, I, I kind of, you know, I was, I was talking because I wanted to be friends with him, but he doesn't seem like he what wants a dick. to play. He's, he, he just cares about people who are strong. What an asshole. Uh, he's going to, you know, like not get along with this team if he's like that. So Taiki tries to do you know hey i'm the best person in my year i'm this uh, the upperclassman so he goes over it's like hey you know you could have just told that kid that you know he needs to consider how an opponent can take advantage of that kind of shot you don't need to talk down to him like a villain and hard to goes literally uh lay off me man <laughs> does this guy get like the chad's princeton voice like uh it's the only way I know how to talk. I wish that Chess Princeton sounded like that in the Yu-Gi-Oh dub, but he didn't. He just sounded like a guy. <laughs> oh, I think in my mind, uh, first and foremost, I called him Chad Princeton. Completely different thing. I think in my mind, that was just a different cartoon character who had a very fancy voice. Uh, so Haruta says, look, that's the only way I know how to talk. Uh, it's okay. You're 15. You'll learn more ways to talk, kid. Uh, but he's like, hey, why don't people who can't get with the program just stay in their little holes for the rest of their lives? Jesus, like, oh. this kid is ruthless. <laughs> and Taki tries to you know, get through. It's like, you know, it's a better, like, if improving as a team is better because then you get to practice with stronger players. And he's like, no, all I need is for me to be a strong player. So like, that's, you're not listening to the actual broader point that he's making. <laughs> It's better for you if everyone else improves, too, is his point. Uh, and he's like, look, I don't know if you want to be all kumbaya or whatever, but I think there's a lot of other stuff to focus on. And if anything, 
you were able to do it. You decide you wanted to work on your straight shots when coming from the front. So you focused on that during practice. Yeah, nailed it. Yeah, that's what he says. Yep, that's so, what he, that was that was his descriptor of everything. Yeah, so he's like, yeah, when you see guys like the guy I was talking to you before who just you know aren't thinking things through, doesn't that piss you off? Does you want to tell him to shape up? Taiki's very just unfazed by this and just like, no, no, because I've got shortcomings too, and I want them to teach me. And Haruto's like, you piss me off too. Listen up. Anger is what makes people strong. Wanting to be all buddy-buddy with everyone is only going to trip you up. You watch yourself at the round-robin tournament starting tomorrow. You don't want to be underestimated just because you're a first year. This kid is supposed to be in the blue lock. Like, he's supp- <laughs> like why aren't you angry and trying to destroy all of your competition? <laughs> he just saw blue sporting series and was like, that's it, that's me. Yeah, sports series, blue, got it. <laughs> And so, yeah, he walks away from that, and Taiki is just left to be like, he still doesn't know I'm his upper class. <laughs> he still thinks I'm just a first year like him. Uh, so, you know, the club ends, and uh, having gotten a message from his girlfriend, Aww. he goes to meet Shinatsu in a uh, little, uh, oh gosh, what's it called? Um, gazebo, gazebo, yeah, a gazebo in a in a park somewhere, and so he, she calls over when when she sees him, and uh, she says, "Yeah, uh, it's deep in the park, so people don't come here this time of night. So let's make it our secret meeting place, which is very adorable." Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you know they they talk about you know stuff that's going on in their respective clubs. There's a whole bunch of people who have joined his basketball team, and you know she's like you know in charge, uh, so she's gonna have to deal with that. So she asks how things are with the badminton team, and Taiki says, yeah, we've got a real troublemaker. So Chinatsu says, good luck, senpai. Uh, and Taiki's like, I don't think I come off as being a senpai. She's like, no, that's not true. There was that badminton girl this morning who was drawn to you. I can explain that! <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, he starts to kind of go into it, and the, he he's like, catches up and kind of like calms down a little and says like, yeah, there is this super strong player at Sajikawa and she's his little sister. And it seems like he had some things to say about me. And, uh, some kind things in particular. Yeah. Chinatsu like nudges her foot in between Taiki's feet while they're sitting together, no, he they're they're both the, both of their feet are together, and he starts n- like squeezing his feet around one of her shoes, and trying to nudge it off. Yeah, it's and she's and she's like, "Why are you trying to pull my shoe off?" So like, I felt a shoe and just wanted to. So they just you know like. They they play footsie basically. <laughs> yeah, and he gets it off. He, he gets the shoe off. Yeah, he gets the shoe off. He gets one. Oh, shoe. those horny bastards! I was gonna say this is the most horny Taiki has ever been. <laughs> He's literally uh, taking off her clothes, Nick. Yeah, wants her to show feet. That's that's what it was. What, what what, this series takes a dramatic, uh, a dramatic, <laughs> a, dr- a drastically different tone. If. Taiki suddenly very openly has a foot fetish. <laughs> like, he's just like, let me see those feet. Feet pics? Feet pics? Like, he just keeps taking feet pics. 
Let me see those feet, feet pics. I don't even want to consider this. <laughs> About the things that actually happened in this chapter. Uh, yeah. Um, a, to, to go on just like what the note that we end on, it's just very nice to see like, hey, these two have stuff that's going on in their lives. And it's nice that instead of like this being like the big dramatic thing that's going on with them, like, oh, I've got all these feelings and how do I you know, express them and stuff? It's just like, no, they're becoming each, each other's support. Yeah. And the thing that they can rely on while they're dealing with other things. It's a very nice uh, development from where we were even just half a year ago. Uh, so I definitely am turning a corner with where things were last chapter was where I was like, ah, things changed really quickly. But, you know, this introduction of complications into Taiki's life and seeing like how instead of it being a matter of like, oh, well, I've, I've, I've got the hots for Chinatsu. It's all up in my heart and stuff. What do I do? I guess I won't talk about it with her. I'll just hope for the best and stuff. Like we were at the beginning of the series. It's just, it's like, no, no, no. You can go to her for anything. And go to him for anything. And so if they're dealing with all this stupid teenage bullshit, they're there to help each other out through it. It's nice. Yeah, I, I, I do really like that there was an opportunity to sort of get to see these characters in sort of the way a relationship would be that yeah they're just like hey let's share our days with one another uh, and mm -hmm. just talk about it and you know go through that sort of stuff i feel like it's very easy when characters do become a couple in manga to not like show them being a couple you just show mm -hmm. them talk about how oh Absolutely. like oh i love you so much and like oh we walk into a sunset together I like that this is just like a cute scene of them being like, yes, this is what my day was like. This is what my day was like. You know, good stuff. Yeah. Let me tell you something. When you, when you get in a relationship, you don't talk about things that are going on outside the relationship ever. Just sh share nothing. Yeah. Say nothing. <laughs> it's miserable. <laughs> Life of secrets. <laughs> <laughs> Everything I do, I hide. Why do you have that Wendy's bag? What are you, a goddamn cop? <laughs> So, Chainsaw Man. Um, uh, chapter 146, Chainsaw Man War. Uh, Yoru Maasa's arm, actually, has been chopped off. Uh, and she's uh, not handling it very well. She's totally in shock, yeah. obviously. As you would uh, expect. Uh, Yoshida is standing over her with a sword out still and says, eh, sorry about this after you follow my advice and raises up his sword to finish her off. Okay, now we've got other things to deal with all at once. Yes. So <laughs> we don't see at all how that resolves. So I, a big part of me was like, oh, <laughs> but stuff happens here. So whatever his fucking name is, the Chainsaw Man Church guy. Uh, bar Barum. 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 What was it? Bilches? Or no. I just remember I made a pun out of it last week of like Scarum witches. So it must be like Barum. It can't be Barum bitches. There's not a chance of the world. Barum bridges? Bridges, baby. Bridges? Like I don't know. Yeah, it's like that. I know it's yeah. Barum. So he explains that, oh, we told our followers that, though, the justice devil grants contractors the power to transform into the form they desire. And aside from the devil's name, 
that's not a lie. Femi has some handy pawns. We contracted followers galore with an extraordinary devil. The devil I contracted them to was fire. Which is interesting in terms of fire being having a transformative effect like this. Uh, but in any case, uh, you know, the police have, you know, held up in in front, you know, outside of, you know, where these things are taking place. And all of a sudden, a bunch of people in the audience have chainsaws just gouge out of their heads. Like, it's not the way the Denji transforms. Their brains look like they're being cut in half as the chainsaws emerge from them. Uh, and, you know, some of the people that were fighting through the church before are suddenly confronted with a whole bunch of people. The Katana Devil is like, ah, oh, Chainsaw Man! So <laughs> it, I'm This sure he's is his fucking mind. Christmas. I love that moment. He just looks and he's like, yes! The Chainsaw people start go- tearing into the crowd around them, uh, butchering them, and as Barum continues saying that the Fire Devil has another power. The more contractors, the stronger the power, although most of them lose control of themselves. Until now, they all took gruesome forms, but they're closer to Chainsaw Man now, don't you think? And, uh-oh, the agents are dead! Yay! Well, uh, that's good. Nayuta and Denji and uh, Denji's bodyguard are all fine. Uh, of course they are, but, you know, random agents that came to arrest Barum are dead now. Uh... So they ask, like, well, why are they suddenly, you know, all transforming now? And Barum explains that at five o'clock today, large-scale mass weddings were held at the Chainsaw Man's Church's Chinese and Canadian chapters. We set up so that they'd enter contracts simultaneously with the marriages. If all went as planned, we estimated a total of over 350,000 humans with Fire Devil contracts worldwide. Or rather... Not humans. They're all devils now. Jesus. <laughs> a third oh of a God. million people. Um, a building. Uh, there's an explosion from a nearby building. So things are going great. Yep. And Barum says. That does. I think it's the apartment complex. Oh, no, it's not. Never mind. Hmm. It is. No. Because I'm looking at Asa's apartment complex and it seems much smaller. It seems like it's like four stories. Uh, I think that she was in a pretty small building. Yeah. Uh, but Barum says that in half a year, the great king of terror will descend. Fami and I, we aim to kill the king, thereby saving the human race. And then she's like, oh, what kind of stupid crap is that? And Nayuta's like, ah, oh, no, he's, it's, it's not, not crap. crap. <laughs> it's not crap. <laughs> he, he's right on the money. I don't know what to tell you. And it's kind of weird because she handles the rest of this explanation, and occasionally we just get these little things of like, oh, right, she's like nine <laughs> in terms of the way she talks. It's like, yeah, Fami and I, we can tell because we're sisters. <laughs> it, it is very funny to think that like four chapters ago, she was on like a bumblebee ride. She was like, wee! And now she's saying, like, oh, the great king of terror will come. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we know it because she's our eldest sister, the death devil. 
the super duper strongest devil with the name feared most of all. Uh, and she says, I get now. I know what Femi's trying to do. Her plan to kill the death devil. She's going to make everyone terrified of Chainsaw Man and war to get them both super duper duper strong. Uh, and there is a fucking massacre, chaos, anarchy unfolding in the street as as the devil, chainsaw devil people are engaging with agents. They're cutting each other apart, killing each other. And uh, yeah, I'm sure that this will all work out exactly the way that family wants it to. Chainsaw Man and us uh, and Yoru will both get super strong uh, and no one will get any more scared of death. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I do like the idea like we got to make them uh stronger so they can conquer death how so we're gonna make them think chainsaw man could kill them like doesn't that wouldn't that also make death mm, you know whatever um i guess everything you primally fear because it could lead to death like we fear the dark because mm-hmm. a predator could be in it and you fear fire right. or whatever uh wild stuff um I do things are like every week it feels like everything's shifting in this series uh mm. and for the most part in a good way um but yeah this is a, a wild sequence of things I know a lot of people myself included are a little confused at how fire devil like the, the contract with the fire devil manifests and like people have chainsaw man powers now suddenly mm-hmm. um but I do think I, I think there's probably some ritualistic reason behind it well fire is linked to knowledge uh in some senses Mm. uh you know fire being to humanity uh from the gods uh, is of course a big dark soul shit of you well they came up with it from 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 soft invented fire this is actually a fact i don't know if you knew this right right yes sure uh (laughs) so that's why at the opening of avatar last Airbender is like water wind fire and then there's a little uh trademark from soft in the beards in the corner they're actually paying a commission every time they use it (laughs) and when captain america starts up earth Fire by Framsoft. <laughs> yeah. Well, they didn't. They didn't uh, contract had to do it. So like another voice comes in. Fire from. Or uh, he was like uh, from Brooklyn. Fire, and then like a little voice comes in from Framsoft. <laughs> and you're like, what was that part? <laughs> Go to the website, kids. By your powers combined and the cooperation of Framsoft, <laughs> I am Captain Planet. <laughs> Remember, kid. The Moonlight Greatsword is the most powerful weapon you can have. <laughs> Unless you're doing like a dexterity build or like magic, I guess. These tips aren't as good as I thought they would. So can you still like co- combat roll in, in like in all the games or is that something like I have to go? <laughs> <laughs> the idea like a Captain Planet villain keeps trying to kill Captain Planet, but he just keeps dodge rolling out of the way of it. <laughs> It's like, God damn it. I don't know how many rockets I have left in this thing. <laughs> My name is Duke Nukem. I feel like I should be the one getting sued. Right? <laughs> uh, anywho. Uh, yeah. I This chapter, 
I feel like didn't have quite as much of an uh, of an impact on me because I feel like I kind of knew that this was happening. I didn't have all the details, but this is roughly in line with what I suspected might be the case in terms of what Fami's plan was. Uh, it was at the least one of the ideas that I threw out. Okay. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it makes sense. It's 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 a sensible uh, development, uh, and it's very nefarious because, of course, yeah. like oh, so these people are causing all this mayhem and destruction so that we can, you know, kill death. Uh, so, which is a thing we need to do, I guess. So, uh, what do they do in this case? Do they oppose it? Do they go along with it? Mm. So, let's move on, see. though. We got to talk about Kaiju number eight, chapter 95, as the Akira slide continues with Mina atop her tiger. And she continues her vow that she's going to shoot through the kaiju that has emerged. And we get a flashback uh, after getting our title page of uh, adult Mina with her giant gun alongside kid Mina with her little toy gun and her school kid backpack. So we get a flashback to when Mina was 18 years old, was going to take the kaiju hunter exam for the first time going to go take it along with Kafka and Kafka was like, hey, I know you, you, you're kind of tense because it's your first time taking it, but this is my fifth time taking it. You might call me an expert. Uh, so let's work together and make our dreams come true. And Mina, you know, thinks back to when they were little kids going around being like, oh, the Kafka Defense Force and stuff. She's like, yeah, let's do it. Uh, and of course, Mina passed the exam. Kafka failed. Uh, and uh, yeah, Mina passed it immediately in Kafka, and and so uh, they you know meet up at a restaurant. Kafka's obviously isn't disappointed, but before she can you know sympathize with him and feel sorry for him, he just says like, "Ah oh, man, I should, I felt like you know, I was close to the any time before though." But you know what I always say: you fall, you get right back up. So you go on ahead and wait for me. I'll catch up soon enough. Poor Mina. Poor Mina. I this is, her her face for like the next like seven pages is essentially always like oh, oh, oh. So very hesitantly and nervously she went on ahead and immediately once she started taking like sniper training, uh something unexpected happened. She was really, really, really strong at it and blew apart the target and the buildings behind it. Uh and she immediately, of course, is like, I'm sorry, why did... And they're like, no, no, no. Yeah, she's a super artillery assault specialist. Immediately, like, she's... Take, we cut to her strap table with, you know, wires coming out of her body. And they're all talking about her like she's a guinea pig. Also a comically large on. a comically large thigh gap. I was like, I don't... Are, do her legs support her? I feel like they would shatter immediately. She's got very long legs in this yeah. shot. Yes. <laughs> So they're like, I've never seen anything like her talking about it like she's not even there. Uh, uh, and uh, yeah, uh, she, she, Shinamiya, right? Right. Uh, yeah, I forget his first name. Is yeah, sh- Isamu, show or Isamu. something like that. What's up? Isamu, I think. Something like that. Yeah. So Shinamiya was like, she's the missing link neutralizing kaiju will never be the same and meanwhile mina's just on the stable like what's going to happen to me kafka 
please. And uh, she was put up against a monster class kaiju with a giant gun uh, by her side and wires still coming out of her everywhere. And she's like, oh, I've got to defeat that. And they're like, yeah, if you just do the same thing you did in that, in that firing thing before, you'll just blow that thing apart. This is the neutralization method that'll incur the least amount of harm to officers and civilians. While this is happening, there are officers who are who are trying to force the kaiju into position. They're like, ah, yeah. falling and the dying. The entire time. This feels like a grand mistake on the military's part, but she can hear the people who are screaming in her, like, voice comms, basically. Literally, someone goes, my leg! Yeah, uh, I love that the Spongebob guy, my leg! My leg! My leg! <laughs> Like, sorry, uh, everyone here is actually suffering. This one guy just made it a little comedic. We've all, we all enjoy uh, SpongeBob. So this is all happening, and she realizes, like, if I miss this thing, or if I'm not strong enough when I hit it, all these people sacrificing themselves, it'll be in vain. And she thinks back to something that Kafka told her, which was, when the time comes, I'll be right there by your side. And she looks to her side, and there is no one there. And she tears up and fires her gun. And of course it works, but we don't see the result of it. Instead, we just see a montage of her with different comically large guns as she gets older and her hair grows longer. And she thinks to herself with increasing intensity, liar, liar, liar. Fucking brutal just oh we'll talk about it in full uh when we got but so we're in the present kaiju number 14 this weird obelisk with the force field thing it's getting close to the point where mina is going to snipe it and she thinks to herself even now the fear is still with me my comrades are risking their lives in battle civilians are trying not to succumb to their fear my leg my leg again My other leg! (laughs) Frank, you have broken that leg on every mission we've been on. I don't know how we keep fixing it. At this point, we should just remove them. (laughs) My bones Uh, are made of glass! My leg! How did you pass the exam to become a kaiju? My dad's rich! My leg! Uh, yeah, it still feels like an, a, a mistake because people are still like on her radio going, ah! <laughs> I mean, now she's like, it's just background noise, you know? It just kind of gets you in the mood, you know? <laughs> it's kind of like, like my hype-up music. <laughs> uh, some people in the in the, in, in the command say it's like, it's there, uh, we, we've got it figured out, we've got the teleportation pattern analyzed. There's an energy reading in its sensor in the sensor region, which is assumed to be its core. It will not teleport during a two second time frame after it teleports. So she's like, got it. Full release. And she's like, I'm not going to let them down. The kaiju appears. It starts to attack the uh, base that people are monitoring it from, it seems. And, uh, People underneath it in a shelter are screaming and crying. Uh, and a girl cries for her mother, who just says, Don't worry, we're okay. Because this city and Mina comes up from the rubble on her tiger, aims the gun, fires towards the kaiju, 
And as the woman's voice says, this city has Captain Ashiro. The thing fucking shatters in the single shot. Now, the thing's not entirely completely destroyed. Maybe she missed the core. Maybe that core was in the wrong place. Maybe the fight's not over. But I kid you not, last time we were talking about Kaiju number eight, I was saying, oh, yeah, it's going to suck if we get if we finally get a Mina fight. It's going to suck if she shoots it and it's just done in one chapter. And by the end of this chapter, I was like, yes, kill that fucking thing in one <laughs> shot. Oh, yeah. They were like, I actually think it would be very excellent if this thing's defeated in one chapter now. <laughs> this was an amazing chapter. I like I've said since we started talking about Kaiju number eight that Ashiro had a, a challenge. She wasn't very interesting. Uh, we just didn't get a lot of her story. All we ever got was her connection to Kafka. And in a way that hasn't changed. Her her story right now is very informed by Kafka or the lack thereof of Kafka. Um, but there's something that is very emotionally gripping about just seeing her enter into this world. You know, she she had this sense of relief when she saw Kafka was like also about to do the test. That otherwise, she was kind of nervous about and... When she finds out, oh, I'm going ahead and you're not, she just has this fear on her face. And that fear does not leave as she continues to look through scenes. I don't know, maybe it's just like the the correct emotion she had. But it felt very emotionally powerful to have her have this face of like blank fear. All the way to the point where she needs to fire the gun, looks over and says, liar. And, you know, that's the key moment of then when she she has this entire bit of like she has grown in this jaded you know hard world where she's just been traumatized to a point where her her brain's kind of fucked up like she she's had to witness a lot and grow up very fast and she thought she had an ally and he just wasn't able to get to her level and Uh, It just made her so much more of a compelling character. I was suddenly like, I like her now. And I think it's cool that she rides on a saber or fucking like a a white tiger and shoots fucking like sniper rifle, like sniper rifle Gatling cannons. Like, I don't even know what (laughs) you like, what caliber, you know, bullet this thing actually fires. It seems insane, but it's so dope and cool. And she, she came out much better after this chapter. Yeah. Uh, just the recontextualization of like the whole oh we made this promise and stuff and her being like she's carried like a, a, a sort of resentment towards Kafka for years at this point because he wasn't there when she thought that she could count on him and it turns out that you know he wasn't going to be there while she was going through the hardest part of her life uh, so yeah, it makes you think like she's gonna have some really complex emotions about him suddenly being there and all the other stuff that's been happening. But it makes sense why she's kind of kept her distance from him, uh, yeah. even if part of her is happy that he's finally there to fulfill his promise. It's complicated by all this baggage that she's got. Uh, that you know, he's you know ignorant of because he's dealing with all his turning into a monster stuff yeah and also he just didn't know about it he couldn't he never was able to talk to her so in his mind he's just like i I gotta get in there my friend my friend and i said we were gonna be you know do this fight together he has no idea that she's uh conquered at all and uh kind of resentful of him because he wasn't able to to follow along after it makes you think like how different things could have been if they had like kept in touch even while Kafka was you know not in the squad 
with her. If, you know, if maybe like they could have, she could have had some him to fall back on in some way, even if he wasn't physically present when while this was happening. And it's tragic. Uh, but yeah, I, I look forward to seeing how things go with her. And this was an incredibly good chapter. Yes. Now, Nick, I'm going to need you to talk about Spy Family because we need to pull it back a little bit. We've had heavy chapters. Let's get a little yeah. light, a little breezy, a little beautiful, a little cover girl. And uh, I need you to do this because we're about to walk into some shit. Yeah. So let's let's enjoy it while we can. Mission 88 of Spy Family. Damien as like, today I pay my debt for Anya lending me her handkerchief. I'm going to put this behind me. I have gotten for her the most elite tea cakes ever made. Uh which, of course, I'm sure Anya will appreciate in full and won't just go, ooh, cookies. Uh, <laughs> uh, so he goes to school. He's got, you know, this bag, this freaking, uh, what's that thing called? Like, it's not a designer bag, but like, you know, a bag from like, that's like, let's, you know. Like, like, like a gift bag, essentially. Yeah. That like has the, the you know, business He's got the tea so he goes to the school, and I love the touch that when he sees Anya, she's got the big shoujo eyes, yeah. and he's like, all right, there she is. All right, I'm going to do this to get over. It was like, you little in denial six-year-old. <laughs> you... It's nothing. I, I always see people like this. You know, I always see people with big eyes and innocent expressions. And flowers and, and like... behind them in the, the background. <laughs> Uh, but you know they're just outside the school and immediately like you know Damien's friends show up Becky shows up he's like oh no all these people all these obstacles in the way Damien's friends are like oh what have you got there nothing nothing go away they're like and Anya looks at him and is like and actually he's thinking about like oh no I've been I if I can't I can't give her the tea cakes while I'm while people can see and she's like uh is that for me no (laughs) why would I give anything to you dummy you fucking baker yeah, runs away. So, of course, things went just fine. They're in class later, and uh, so Damien is like, God, what do I do? Maybe if I sneak them into her locker? No. If people see me sneaking something into her locker, they'll call me a perv, which is something that all six-year-olds do. Uh, <laughs> so, sure, yeah. Anya, of course, can read his mind this whole time, and is like, huh, he seems really determined to give me those cakes. Why is it so important that nobody knows? They must be so delicious. They have the power to change the entire world. You got so it. for the sake of plan B and Papa, I have to figure out some way to get my hands on those cakes. Drool. <laughs> I love it. She thinks drool and then really drools. It's it's a it's yeah. a good combination. So she leans over to Becky. <laughs> And Becky's be like, oh, you want some time alone with Damien? Oh my gosh. Uh so he's like, okay, well let's let's write a note and send it to him. So Anya gets a note written up and has it passed up the line over to Damien. Her handwriting has gotten better. Uh, I can I can read courtyard. No yes. knowing that's what she meant. Yes, it's better than it was before. And by, Becky says when her handwriting is indecipherable, oh, the running gag's getting a little old on you. <laughs> We've seen that gag twice, please. <laughs> I've seen much more tiresome running yeah. gags from this. <laughs> so Anya's finally like, oh, come on, you write it for me. She's like, no, it's important you channel what you're feeling into it. So, <laughs> it's like, all right, I'll really focus. 
She ends up stabbing herself with the pencil. <laughs> writes a bloodstained note from it. Meet me in the courtyard. <laughs> Very much like the ransom has has uh, sent you the or the kidnapper has sent you the ransom vibes. Right. So of course Damien is they're like, oh, what kind of threat is this? She's trying to duel you, Master Damien. But Damien realizes, like, yeah. It's my chance. I accept, and they and they look at each other. And they nod. So, uh, Damien tries to be like, "This is mano a mano. You guys stay here." So, but she's a girlo, not a mano. Hey, it's a joke. Uh, but uh, you know, both Anya and, and Damien tell their friends like, "Oh yeah, okay. Uh, uh, you stay behind." And Becky's just like, "I'm gonna dilly watch from a distance." And Anya just reads her mind. like, "No, you can't come." Yeah, no. I won't come, yeah. Becky. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I love it because she can hear Becky's thoughts. Or Becky's like, "I'm definitely going to be there." She's like, "No, you can't come." She's like, "I won't." Becky, no, I can. I can't tell you, but I hear you in your thoughts clearly saying you're going to come. Uh, I do like that. You know, the two of them meet up, and the their friends are such bad bad at hiding that they're be like, "What are they doing?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, so Damien's like, all right, we got to be somewhere we can actually be alone. So follow me. So they start to run off their friends f- pursue after them. Uh, I like how each of them have like different things going on. Like Damien's like, I've got to shake him off. And I was like, I've got to eat those cakes. And Damien's friends like, we can't leave him alone for this fight. And Becky's like, oh, I love that. Real life romances is great. And they all go, <laughs> which some of those thoughts that follows better from than others. Yeah. Eventually they get tired, uh, and uh, so instead Damien and Anya just start arguing with each other, and Damien's like, this was stupid, why am I trying so hard to make good with her? Fine, forget this, I'm just gonna throw the case away. Anya's like, no! And runs after him and latches onto his arm, and he's like, I don't want you to go without giving me the case. <laughs> uh, and Becky's like, oh my god, it's happening! Uh, but then... Uh, I, I like our specific line of so what if people think you're clingy you just keep on clinging girl like everyone deserves a <laughs> Becky in their life <laughs> just go for it <laughs> I'll root for you yeah. no matter what uh, but uh, you know demons like Yo, oh, oh, come on leave me alone wait oh wait we're alone I've got a chance okay listen I've got something to give you but don't take it the wrong way not doing this because I want to be your friend. It's just to pay back my debt to you. The handkerchief thing. Because you kept asking for it. Anya's still drooling. She's just like looking at him, just drooling. And Master Henderson's there. Uh, he <laughs> comes up on them and he's like, The warning bell has already run. And what is this? Sweets? Bringing these to schools against the rules? Confiscated? And Dave was like, Wait! Well, I... Never mind. So... Henderson looks at the two of them and is like, I expect the two of you in my office after class. Walks off. Uh, so the two of them go back to class. Then afterwards, they're brought into Mr. Henderson's room. They they write apology letters, you know, just for apologies for their behavior. And they spell tea. And he brings in a tea set from outside. And this wonderful ass man, yeah. this beautifully perfect teacher. <laughs> He's so nice. Oh, the, tea's, the tea cakes are confiscated. He's like, I made you tea. 
and we have some tea cakes. It'll be a fine accompaniment. Ah, it's, like, it's so nice. And uh, so he was like, yeah, okay. And I was like, tea cakes, yay! <laughs> Just excited for the sweets. And Damien's like, this makes us even now. And I was like, yeah, okay. Tea cakes. Whatever. Um, uh, and uh, so uh, let's see. Uh, Damien Henderson's like, what are you talking about even? And Damon's like, oh, I can't talk about that. And it's like, oh, he didn't bring his... Shut up. Shut up. Uh, so it turns out as well that Damien got the tea cakes from his mother. Hmm. Who uh, seems to still want things to go well between Damien and Anya. Uh, and... Uh, there was there's also a note that he gets from Jeeves the butler that says like oh yeah your, your your mother seemed quite pleased about this about you know the way that your relationship seems to be growing between the two of you uh and uh, Anya's like you know now that you're giving me cake we could be good friends and uh, Damon's like wait why did you call me out in the first place you you act like you wanted to kill me why did you want me to come alone and then he remembers her latching onto his arm. And he goes, <gasps> and he blushes, he gets really flustered, and Anya reads his mind and also gets flustered, and Anya's like, ah, creepy, never mind, we can't be friends. <laughs> <laughs> so they start arguing again. Uh, oh, well. I just love it, Anson Henderson being like, you know what, fuck this, actually, just go home. <laughs> go home, go home. I tried to be nice. Get out of my room. <laughs> I tried to give you your little play date, and no, no. <laughs> very, very funny. Very, very, very cute. cute. Very sweet. I wonder if there's meant to be more implications to the idea that his mom's like, it's actually good you're getting close to the Anya girl. Because, mm. like, there's there's some shady stuff going on with the mom, so. Yeah, it's easy to be suspicious of both of his parents, definitely. Yeah. Nick, you know what it's Quinn. time for. Yeah. I know. And I've actually been looking forward to a chapter of Eden Zero. <laughs> For all the right and wrong reasons. Okay, so. then. So let's talk about Chapter 260, Cosmo. Who do we get on the cover? It's Moscow, Nick. And he's yeah, in a fine pinstripe suit, you know? Yeah, what are we doing with Moscow on the cover of a chapter? That doesn't make Weird. sense. Weird. I wonder if he'll be relevant in this chapter. Nah, it can't be. Uh, so I forget this guy's game, Lightness, light, Lightning Law, some shit like that. Anyway, right, right. we just see like the different fights that are kind of going on right now. Uh, there's a scene of uh, Hermit and Wise trying to like de-hack themselves out of their room and uh, Killer is just watching and I like it. He has this like the silliest little expression. <laughs> I don't know why I love his little smile there. He seems very much like I'm curious to see what you'll do too. Uh, but the rest of our cast uh, was knocked out by uh, anti-robot poison gas if you recall. Uh, except for Happy. Happy's the only one who's not uh, so Clown tries to kill him. Again, I guess Clown isn't a robot. Still not entirely sure what that's all about. Uh, but he he's going after Happy. Happy uh, is just dashing away. And he's like, oh, no, I'm so worthless. I'm just useless in this world. And Moscow says that is massively untrue because there's something right now that you that only you can do. No one else could do it. I'm done for the count. I can't move. Mr. Happy, I need you to push my button. Now, Nick, this has been set up since Moskoy's original appearance. Pretty much. He has yeah. always had this button. 
He has always had a little message above the button that says don't push. And for three years, something like that, we've mm-hmm. wondered what happens if Moscow pushes the button. He's tried to on multiple occasions. Sister has always stopped him, always said, no, what are you doing? Don't do that. Uh, and even in this situation, she is still like, no, don't do that. Don't you ever push that button. And Happy's like, what does the button do before I push it? And uh, Moscow doesn't say anything. He just kind of drools from the mouth, I guess. Death gurgle? I don't know. He doesn't say anything. So Happy's like, you're really allowed to push it. And Sister's like, no, no, no. No one is allowed to push that button. And Happy's like, I mean, it seems like we're in a pretty bad situation. It's not like a self-destruct switch or anything like that. Sister's like, no, yeah, yeah, actually, that's exactly it. It's a self-destruct switch. If you push it once, we're all done for. And Moscow is just like, please make this request push my button and happy's like well yeah he says it in a weirder way but happy's just like okay fine i'm gonna push it sister's like no please don't happy's like i choose to believe in moscow so he pushes the button (laughs) yeah (laughs) he's been so reliable to this point (laughs) uh so this big light happens uh energy starts coursing through moscow um this energy creates wind that blows all the evil uh like the the deadly smoke away the deadly poison gas so that problem has been solved to be clear this character showing up did not deal with the poison gas it's like this awakening of ether that that does it so this big ether channeling moment happens so it's just like oh damn it no and uh moscow's big muscles shrink and they get slender and he starts uh, forming into like more of like a like a regular human shape. Moscow kind of has like a very stocky frame, and this one, you know, looks more like we'd see in. There's you know, grin. There's a big action moment, and then I you turn the page, <laughs> mm-hmm. and the only way I could describe it is a completely different character has just shown up uh, that yeah. Moscow has turned into, who just says. I am the space butler. <laughs> Cosmo at your service. And it's like, come again? <laughs> I, it was not out of left field that pushing the button would turn Cos- uh, Moscow into someone else. Space butler. Not on the list. Not what I was expecting. You, you got the me fact on that. that. His, the fact that his first words are, I am the space butler, not <laughs> the space butler. <laughs> I am the singular definitive article of space butler. The legendary space butler is here. <laughs> the butler for all of space. <laughs> uh, Nick, we should have seen this because Cosmo, of course, is just uh, a, a slightly varied version of uh, Moscow's name. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Plays a little bit better in Japanese, I believe. But uh, yeah, makes sense. Uh, he also clarifies because somebody happy is just like who, <laughs> and he's like, oh, a version of Moscow, Cosmo at your service. It's a pleasure to see you again, Lady Ivy. Happy says a line I don't quite understand. He goes, so Moscow transformed into an older man who looks pretty strong. What about him looks pretty strong? Define that for me. 
What does that mean? Uh, that has to mean something. What about him creates a powerful first impression? It's the eyes. It's the confidence. You know. I guess. I. I. I he's the, the space butler. The. It should. Be, he should say it's because you introduced yourself as the space butler. So <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I knew you were. I knew you were a big shit when that happened. It was a surge of ether gear power and stuff. So yeah. Yeah, it seems pretty strong. Sure. Yeah. Happy's like. If this what happens, I don't get why we haven't just been led, like, why we're not supposed to push the button. And Sister's like, well, if you're here, fine. Murder that evil clown bastard. If anyone can do it, you can. And he's like, Lady Ivory. And he uh, puts his foot on her head and stomps it into the ground, which, based off the rest of what his character does, is kind of harsh. <laughs> Like, I really thought this is like some Seth Rollins uh, curb stomp kind of energy. Like, bam. Just lifts her up, Falcon Arrow, walk. Yeah. <laughs> he starts triple Germanying her. Three amigos. Uh, he just is. This is a weird. This is some weird play. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, mm, your language is as foul as ever. I shall see that you need to be administered a touch of discipline. And then uh, for the next couple pages, we're in someone's kink fic for a little bit. Uh, someone's, it's heroes. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, Cosmo uses, of course, his special form of Ether Gear space bondage match. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is what his uh, special magic is. He ties Sister up using Ether Gear power. Uh, and he's like, mm, how does it feel to be subjected to my domination? She's like, mm, yeah, it feels good. And I really, I really wanted, like, happy to be like, I feel like I should leave. I feel like you guys are in a moment <laughs> or something. This is a bit strange. Um, they do just both, even uh, there is a moment that both Clown and uh, Happy stare because they're both just very confused by this. He's like, well, stay there. And she's like, oh, yes, I will, I will. And then he's like, hmm, yes, I have a special brand discipline for you who has hurt my compatriots. You see, Lady Ivory belongs to me. And it cuts over to a sister who whimpers. She's 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 like, hmm, I love being called property. Uh, you, know, some of the, you know, some of the Nana Takaru spinoffs got kind of weird. Yeah. But, uh, even though this is a little bit out there, I feel like. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and then he defeats uh, Clown with his uh, not-sexy space bondage magic. He says, no one is allowed to degrade her except for me. Uh, and uh, Clown is seemingly defeated. Um, Happy's just like, I don't, this dude's not anything like Moscow. I don't get this. Um, and Sister's just like, oh, no, I told you not to push the button. It always makes me like this. And then, of course, Nick, it's time for our obligatory unrelated, unrelated flashback. <laughs> One page flashback to 20,000 years ago where Sister's in a hospital speaking to Clown, who's her doctor. And she's like, oh, let me guess the surgery didn't work, did it? And Clown's like, no, but I haven't given up on you. There's a new treatment, ether therapy. Would you like to try it? And that's the chapter. This one chapter flashback thing, one page per chapter flashback is stupid. Okay, look, everyone flipped their shit when this chapter came out uh -huh. because what the fuck? Just the button turns Moscow into a dom, and that's just it. Yeah. Uh, he he doms Ivory when she has been doming him the entire series, and makes people go like, 
you know, all those times when they were like, you know, like do or die situation where she still refused to touch the button when he could have saved their lives. And the only thing that would have happened is that they would have switched for a little bit. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with Sister Ivory? That, that, and it's, you know what? I don't care. You know why? Because as terrible as this is, it's not the same stupid it's Moscow. Not Moscow. <laughs> it's not Moscow. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Uh, that is a take to absolutely have uh, that I can see some validity to. Uh, look, I I will say this. Um, again, this is a term I don't really like to use. Uh, this chapter is cringe. It is very cringe being alone in a room and reading this chapter and being like, this is... <laughs> This is this is weird. I don't know what to tell you. I'm I have nothing against people who write fetish material, but this is it is it is weird when I read him say like, oh, I'm gonna beat you up because you hurt my property. And it cuts to sister and she's whimpering. I was just like, stop. All right, I get it. You find this very arousing or whatever. I don't care. I don't want to read this right now. I, 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 you know, maybe chocolate and peanut butter don't need to go together all the time. Sometimes you get bad. <laughs> sometimes you get bad candy. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, you ruined my peanut butter with your chocolate. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah, that's how Nick always sees the scenario. Cups that are abomination. But yeah, I, I never I, mix the. Oh, it's getting weird. <laughs> uh, it's just it's it's like dumb it's the same thing that like sister continuously looks worse and worse with every chapter that goes by uh the only positive i could see from this is if cosmo sticks around for a period of time hopefully he doesn't also just uh randomly start bondaging people he considers subs that don't have that explicit agreement with them like he's not gonna see rebecca and he's like you should probably be tied up right now or something like that. <laughs> like maybe maybe sister was just a bad dom and this guy had to come in he's like we gotta fix this. You have a lot of problems. You don't respect boundaries. Uh, yeah. But it's stupid. I, I, the only joke I really uh, had coming out of it is like, I wonder if Hero just thinks that Doms exist in like a hierarchy structure. Yeah, like, like the authority chip in One Piece. Like once a stronger one comes along, all the every other Dom becomes a, a sub immediately. Yeah. So Sister Ivory or Switch to Ivory, yeah. we should now be calling her. Uh, yeah, this is stupid. It's dumb. It's yeah. bad. But you know what? If you're not going to be good, you should at least have the decency to be terrible. Yeah. By, we... that, by virtue of that, this is the most entertaining chapter of Eden Zero since the time skip. Yeah. We need rec- uh, recommendations for what the fuck moment of the year. God damn it. So eight, 10 out of 10 chapter. I, I, I can't go into the same spiel we're going to do every week about why it is so fucking dumb. We still have one page of a flashback and how every one of them. This one literally is like a conversation starting like, oh, would you like to try ether uh, therapy? And I'm like, I guess this is where ether starts. <laughs> I'm like, they seem to imply that planets could overdrive before. I don't know what the con. I don't know why this is supposed to be surprising. This is all dumb. Every part of it's dumb. We're going to get to one of these. Uh, it's going to be two characters hanging out. They're going to be like, oh, what do you want to do today? I don't know. Uh, well, check out like uh, what's what's on what's on the B-Cube subscription feed. And that's just the end of it, because that's the best much conversation you can have on one page. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're going to get a scene. We're uh, going to be like, wait, the so B-Cube exists 20,000 years ago, too? What the fuck? Yeah, uh, Hamora's going to defeat Act Noella, 
And then we're going to get like Valkyrie's going to see and kind of smile. And then we're going to go to a flashback and she's going to be like, chick swordsmen are cool. <laughs> That's like her thing. She's like, I bet it'd be really cool if there was like a chick swordsman named Hamora. And <laughs> Brigadine's just like, what? <laughs> That's how the, 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 the flashback's going to end. And they're going to be like, no, this is actually progressive storytelling. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Oh my god, we still got like half a dozen series or more to go through, so let's do it. Cypher Academy, chapter 44, Mine Has Been a Life of Much War. Uh, very cool color page of Iroha with the uh, shadow of someone behind him. You, you know, earlier this uh, today, you asked me at some point, you were like, what's the most boring like chapter this week The you know to read? Mm-hmm. Like... And I, I had mentioned, I was like, yeah, Cypher Academy wasn't that big, you know. Uh, just kind of like, you know, a middle ground. I forgot about the jail yeah. cell and the cheerleader. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. This chapter yeah. fucking slapped. Uh, so last time there was a bomb that went off. It looked like Iroha was going to have to be reset. Turns out, no, he solved the second tier, the third tier of this puzzle, which is that there was a purpose for the giant bomb that they, that, uh, they had discovered, which was they were supposed to actually use it as a bomb shelter because the explosion was going to go off no matter what. And the reason why a bit of uh, Iroha's hair clips were going somewhere was because I guess they somehow set it up to enter in the code. I don't know how that works exactly, but we do see Iroha like putting it back in his hair after his all of a sudden. Done. Yeah. So, so guess- like the idea is like they push, they punched in the code, but they realized like once we punch this in, like, it's going to go off. So I guess the timer still functions afterwards, and that's the amount of time they had to get into the bomb shelter and just, in the process, a hair clip fell out. I guess. Uh, so uh, the explosion has caused a hole in the floor, so Team Shiba Iroha, as they're now calling themselves, jump through the floor in order to go to the next uh, level. Uh, we get kind of like some some chatter uh, between Kagoe and the others who are watching things, and Kagoe reflects on the match that Iroha had with Yugata, where he dropped the tidbit that, you know, got lost in the sea of responses he was giving, which was, I have an explosives handling license. <laughs> and it turns out he got that uh, from when he was being held prisoner during that cheerleading trip where, you know, all of his friends got fucking killed. Uh, he was forced to learn how to disarm and handle explosives. And we cut to a younger Iroha, like, you know, fiddling with, you know, a bomb thing in his jail cell. Uh, and he also says, like, yeah, and they, and they taught me a bunch of other things, to, too. But mainly it was how to deal with bombs. They probably wanted to turn me into, like, a track dodger uh, in, in some form. Uh, and uh, so... Shiba says, uh, you know, that's that seems like a pretty harsh job. And you're always like, well, compared to being forced cheer while the boys from the club were tortured to death in front of me. Eh, nah. Poor guy. Yeah. But in continuing the flashback, he says, like, yeah, once they were done with the club, I kind of just I think I wanted to die. So I failed on purpose and tried to blow myself up. And then ambitious Yunaki Guisu. <laughs> Showed up. This is and this is one of the most metal fucking images in a shonen manga just, recently. This goes up there with Gear Five, where you're like, 
this is fucking i don't i just don't know how to process it's just a cheerleader who fucking pure strength bends a fucking jail cell bar and she's of course in her full cheerleading outfit and she's just like i'm here to save the day it's so fucking cool so she's the captain of the cheerleading club at this time she's like hey i came to cheer you on and so you said like oh, please leave I've, I've lost the right to dance in front of people and cheer them on uh and Amvisha says I'm sure you've suffered before more than I can imagine, Iroha. But in that case, cheering on the baseball club for an entire summer should be a cinch for you. Let's go home and dance together. Please. You're the only one who can lift me up. And Iroha goes, okay, Captain. <laughs> Assuming that this is all real. Yeah. Uh, that would uh, be great. This is just a, a, a dream he had. Because I was like... It- <laughs> I don't know why it's the coolest thing in the world that she shoots up and just breaks the metal bar. Yeah. Uh, It could be a thing that he somehow, like, you know, hallucinated it, gave himself an outlet for it. But on the other hand, characters in the series are established to do insanely ridiculous things. So it is absolutely not outside their own possibility that, yes, this girl just ripped open a bar of his cell. (laughs) But we'll see. Uh... And uh, so, you know, as Iroha, the two of them are proceeding through the different floors, uh, he says, yeah, what, what you said may remember that she was someone who always seemed to enjoy cheering people on. Never listened to me or understood how I felt. It was always just a given that they were the leader. That's the kind of leader I've always dreamed of becoming. So. Hmm. Fair enough. A bit more insight. They get to floor 10 where Ensa is. Uh, and, uh, you know, she greets them and they're like, oh, did you, why, don't, don't tell me you were waiting for us. And, uh, uh, Koshibai, uh, grabs her, or rather, Iroha, like, grabs her sleeve, uh, well, for some reason. Uh, and she's like, well, I was kind of expecting you, but I stopped focusing on only boosting my speed. Mm-hmm. Good. That was so, her, that was her issue before. She just did her, mm-hmm. she was this fast, but. What does that mean? Uh, meanwhile, Yugata has also been progressing, and she is caught up to the floor where Kubinashi is, and it is a gambler ball. It's the one where Toshisai was before. Uh, and uh, so they're like, all right, looks like group leader Toshisai has gone on ahead, so why don't we have a temporary ceasefire here and try to catch up with her? And Yugata's like, nah, it's code battle. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and she says, whoever loses gets banned from the Digital Cypher Academy. What do you think of that? And she's like, all right, fine. Let's do it. Why not just go with this rule then? Whoever loses gets eternally exiled from Cypher Academy itself. What do you think? And Taiyu's like, yeah, sure. Iroha would say that that sounds elementary. Let's do it. <laughs> so, I like how she's uh, like, actually, he'd never say that. <laughs> he would, no, he he would probably never agree to this. No, he wouldn't. Uh, but uh, Kubinashi says, like, all right, then allow me to de- determine the type of game. You needn't worry. It's something a master of words like you will excel in. I call it endless craps. And she reveals that she's a Dungeons and Dragons player. Look at her different kinds of dice. She has a D12. I mean, like, I can understand there's stuff you can kind of yeah, use. She means barbarian. <laughs> yeah, that that's what this is really telling us. Like, she uses them heavy fucking damage dice. Uh, 
so this is presented as a level five uh code uh i do like that while we've got all this stuff going on that there can still be these stupid petty squabbles between our people who are trying to work together and uh hey uh we'll see what it's like for tayu to be on the attacking end uh, again yeah uh, I'll be curious to see what happens there. This is a, a wild chapter in, in a couple ways, but yeah, we're going to see what happens. Uh, Nick, we get to talk about, we are blessed to talk about Kagurabachi now. Yeah, it's chapter five. Good meal. So, um, Char, it's got a little. She's got a cute jacket. little jacket now. This is, how you, this, this is how you, you warm me up to this series. You, you have this adorable little girl do adorable little things. Uh, the best part of the chapter is where she swings her arms around and the overly long sleeves wind around. It's, yep. that's, that's cute. I used to, as uh, a child, that's this is how you know mm-hmm. at some point this author was a child. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, I always suspected, but I never knew. <laughs> we didn't know, Nick. Before this point, we did not know. Now we know. At one yeah. point, uh, Takeru Hokazono was a child, presumably. Yeah. Uh, he now, the. Uh, Hey now, hey now. This is what bad characters are made of. She's bad. Like, she's just not helpful or nice or interesting or entertaining. And she's just like, hey. Jesus. Go take care of this little girl. And just kind of like, doesn't do anything to contribute anything. It's like, why are you here if you're not going to do anything? It's just kind of like set, sets Chihiro on doing stuff. Uh, they, uh... There's also, like, a flashback to where, like, Shiba and Chihiro were, like, talking about stuff. And basically, they just was like, yeah, I'm going to, like, torture this guy while you go and, like, recover and take Char back and stuff. Uh, and um, Char sneaks into Chihiro's car. And, you know, it's like, like yeah, uh, if the people come here for information, they'll find her. And uh, that'd be bad. So you look after her. Cool. So they drive around. And uh, Chihiro tries to, you know, like, kind of get to know her a little bit and ask her questions, but she's not really, you know, saying anything. He realizes, like, oh, right, she's all traumatized and stuff. Hey, do you want to eat something? She's like, I want a sandwich. Cool. Shiba is torturing the uh, the sorcerer from before. Or mm-hmm. interrogating. It's torture. Interrogating. Uh, and No, no, uh, it's noble what he's doing. It's good. It's good. Yeah. So he's like, you know where the enchanted blade is, don't you? No, I don't. So he steps in the guy's toe and pushes really, really hard into it and crushes his toes. The guy does not seem to react to this, even when he's bleeding and his bones are being crunched. He's like, mm. Yeah, it's kind of like a nothing thing. He's just kind of just like, yeah, I mean, cool shit, dude, but... <laughs> yep, you're in deep trouble. Yep. Uh, Char uh, is eaten. She's still doing the thing where she's like using very advanced and formal language. Okay. I, I like it because it reminds me of that great scene from the Barbie movie because uh, she says sublime and that's the thing Ken says. That's very funny when he says it. Mm. Yep. So she uh, has a sandwich. <laughs> she has an ice cream. She has a milkshake. Nick okay. loved this because it was three pages that are uh, essentially identical in paneling. So you just got to read it once and you're like, I get it. I get the yeah, gist. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Uh, meanwhile, some bad guys are doing some bad guy stuff. Uh, one of the guys who got away from the uh, from the scene before is uh, crucified, basically. 
Uh, and the bad guy is saying like, oh, thanks for the report. And he is he's chilling out in like a hot tub uh, with all his clothes on. It's um, all right. I mean, if you want to do that, that will backfire on you. You won't be warm anymore because they'll, you know, the moisture will be in your clothes and then it'll cool you down. Those might know, be tattoos. I have no idea. I guess it's possible. It's got a very clothing pattern to it. Though, it does look like patterns. clothing, but I am wondering if it's meant to be tattoos. Because when he Probably. gets up out of it, there is no point where you can see like clothing, really. Mm, nothing's like drooping off of him. It's all yeah, kind of, yeah. Um, Char is still in Chihiro's car, and uh, she says, "Like you know, I was in a bad place for a long time, but today I'm happy." Okay. Uh, Shaw's up to Hero and he's like, hey, where are you right now? Oh, I'm driving. Did the guy tell you anything? Yeah, we've got our next target. Genichi Sojo, a weapons dealer who controls Japan. Well, all of Japan. All of all right. Japan. All of it. All right. Seems like a bit of a step up from Nick. Rain. Tomorrow, next villain, they have to fight the, the captain of Japan, too. Like a second, <laughs> slightly larger Japan that this one is uh, nestled inside of. Uh, yeah, so apparently this guy is the one who's after Char, and he has Cloud Gouger, the sword that uh, Chihiro was uh, looking for. The lights turned green, but Chihiro is distracted by being on his phone. Don't talk on your cell phone and drive at the same time, guys. It's not good. It's not safe. Uh, but some Yakuza guys pull up alongside him, and also uh, the road underneath the car starts to be disrupted, and then, like, the road swirls and some, like, guys, like, are turned into, like, a multi-armed, weird, swirled-together monstrosity. It looks like the ice cream cone the Char ate earlier. Uh, and they're like, ah, there's a kid. And she was like, okay. Does it? Does it look like the ice cream cone she ate earlier? It looks like a ice cream cone. Whatever. Okay. I don't care. <laughs> uh, I think that this back. is some weird magic where the Sojo guy is able to make clones of himself. Uh, or maybe this is a different character. It's tough to tell. Uh, yeah, it's different. I thought he had similar patterns on his face. But this must just be a different character. Or maybe it's like an assassin that works with like six other assassins. Who knows? Um, there's some cool stuff here. I actually, I know you were are clearly not... Uh, uh, whelmed much by this chapter. <laughs> I had a good time. I, I honestly think this was the best chapter of Robachi. I think this little girl character is like charming. She's got like a sad little backstory to her. Her comedy doesn't always hit for me, but like there's moments where I'm like, yeah, she's a cute little kid. And I think her just existing helps our lead have something. I, I, I still can't really tell you what his personality is beside like stoic and cool. Um, and I'm still not a ton of like a huge fan of like the Monza style back and forth comedy routine. These characters tend to do. Um, but it's something like I was able to be like, all right, I was engaged in this chapter and ended in like a weird way that I'm like, what does this mean? Like, why is the road melting and all that? Like stuff was entertaining, I think. So I think by and large, this is a, a pretty, good chapter of Kagurabachi and like the five we've gotten to go through. I just don't have anything to say about it. That's all. That's fine. I will carry uh, the weight for both of us and then bring all of my okay. disdain to next chapter. 
All right, New Sexorcist, Chapter 22, The Elimination Squad Captains. Oh, my God, you guys. We got to memorize new characters. We so get, I hope you're excited. We got to meet the Gotai 13. Actually, what? Uh, no, Gotai 5. There's just, there's just five of them. Look, but there's also no. vice captains who aren't here, as we no, find out. No, 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 just five. Just five is all we have to care, care about right now. Uh, also, like, Suo and one of the girls from the beach from before are, like, serving tea to them. And it's like, all right, this is an interesting thing to say that, like, you know, agents in your Shinigami core, sorry, exorcist core have to do. It's like, oh, yeah, we could be hunting ghosts or we could serve tea to those stronger people. Yeah, that's right? what they're saying. That, you know, it's it's a reductive, shitty organization, Nick. Uh, they go in. Uh, all the captains turn and look at them. So the, uh, the the ponytail girl is like, no, and closes the door because she's nervous. And it's like, why'd you do that? Why'd you do that? Uh, but one of the captains answers the door and he's very scary looking because he's he's tall. He's got pale hair and he's got a scar over his eye. But he's very nice. He catches the tray when Koga, the ponytail girl, gets nervous and drops it. And uh, he's like, thank you for preparing this. I'm sure everyone will enjoy it. And he takes it inside. And we're swiftly introduced to the other branch captains. Uh, I love and it because we're meant to like first see that there are four new characters because they open the door and we yes. are introduced to four characters. Then this this guy does his little thing. They bring the tea in. We get a shot of the tea. Then there are five characters. So we're just, just another guy. We don't see him come in. He's just there. Yeah, this this person just shows up and like. We are like, okay, because they were like, this person is late. Okay, I guess that's that. All right, th there's another one here. The series is just one. bad at basic things is what I'm trying to get to. Because it's a very confusing thing on first reread where you're, or first read where you're just like, huh? Why are there five people in this room? Oh, because someone else showed up. Uh, there is one joke that I do actually like in this, uh, which is that, you know, all the people who are gathered there are pretty young adult looking. Uh, I think including... it's, I think that's a female character, by the way, uh, Komiyaku or Yako. Yeah, that it, that is a girl's name, so it probably is probably is. There's a name. shot of her later on, like lounging on a chair. And she has uh, breasts. So oh, okay, I think well, this series was like we needed a couple of extra characters for a hair. Right. No. No. Come on. That's not why. That'd be that's ridiculous. Not, nah. Uh, the one vice captain who was there just says like, oh, I'm here to represent Captain Fujino, uh, and says, I know that I'm just a vice captain, but I'm on par with you guys ability wise. So effectively, shouldn't we, shouldn't all captains be considered present? You know, I'm basically as good as a captain, so as good as you guys. And basically starts like, hey, you want to go? You want to go? I'll show you how great we are. And the others are like, look, we're clearly too old for that. And this guy in the room who is like twice everyone else's age goes, yeah, bring it on kid. It's like, that's funny. Yeah, everyone's like, yeah. no, no, we're too mature to doing this. And the oldest guy's like, let's fucking go. You stupid little brat. So uh, also oh. the first branch leader. So this is our Yamamoto comparison. I don't, it's not really established if like the divisions themselves have any kind of hierarchy, but usually if you have like a group of organizations, like first branch tends to be the most important one. Honestly, I find it him 
this one brief glimpse of him makes me like him more than Yamamoto because like, yeah, an old man that picks fights with younger kid with younger age is like, yeah, that's more entertaining than Yamamoto just being like, I'm old and bad at leadership. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say a character who shows up and has done and said nothing is technically better than Yamamoto who kind of just took L's left and right. <laughs> uh, so they are here for a purpose, which is they've learned what the final Hyo's sealed location is. And it's like, oh, yeah, it's that Nue person. Uh, and so they've confirmed, like, okay, it's at this school, which we are all gathered at. That's why we this was chose to be our, our the, the location of our meeting. Uh, and some of them weren't, weren't aware of this. Uh, but the uh, fourth branch captain, Igari, was aware of it. And is the only one we seem to have confirmed knew about it. Don't know if there's any significance to that, but she's the one who brings it up. Uh, they say like, okay, so, you know, some of them are also caught off guard. Cause like, I mean, this doesn't feel like, you know, the other places, uh, you know, it feels very peaceful here, but the first cap division cap is like, yeah, but the density of the energy is the same as the others. So there's power here, but it's not, you know, super bad because, you know, no way different from the others. Uh, for some reason, they recap who the Hyo are and what their mission is, even though all of them know about it. It's bad exposition. That's nah. all. Uh, so, as everyone so here knows, <laughs> pretty much. But they establish that they select new division captains whenever a Hyo's location is found because it's important to have a branch captain in place where that sealed location is. So it's like, all right, pretty straightforward in terms of establishing why they're doing this now and why they're doing this here. Uh, so they're like going to f figure that out. However, at the same time, Nue has just finished giving her explanation from the previous chapter. Uh, and, and of course, Gakura's like, wow, so there are five other powerful spirits like you who will be resurrected soon. Is everything going to be okay? It's not going to be okay, Gakuro. She cuts him off and it's like, yeah, it's, you know, I'm going to still act like nothing, everything's fine based on my tone and facial expressions, but my words are very serious. Uh, so Kyokotsu is like, look, we've known about this for like literally thousands of years, just how bad this is and all the stuff that, that we've got here uh, and, and that we're trying to deal with it. Um, they kind of discuss some options, uh, but they basically establish that like, look, Everything has kind of like been determined that in order to keep the Hyo at bay, sacrifices have to be made. But I'm not, but Nui says, I don't accept that though. We're going to defeat the Hyo without making a single sacrifice. That is my goal. Uh, and uh, okay. Um, so Hyokatsu is like, all right, uh, I assume you got some sort of plan. You know, there's an order to the resurrection of the Hyo. So if you were the first, then maybe you would have time. She's like, no, no, I'm the last cool uh but she says all right that's why you know i'm gonna do something and she starts to you know internally like apologize for the pressure she's going to start putting on gakuro but gakuro is kind of ahead of her on this and it's like it was this this was the reason you gave me your power right so i'll give it everything i've got so tell me what to do and Noe's like ah you're so good gakuro being all simple and stuff <laughs> being very uh compliant without ever questioning anything really pretty much uh so she says 
I need to be the first Hyo resurrected. And for that, I need Gakuro to obtain a certain power. Will you listen to my request? Yes! What? Sure! Yeah! Okay! So, Nui literally takes him by the hand and leads him out of the room. And she's like, I need you to obtain something right away. And she barges past Suo and into the captain's meeting. And uh, says, hey, attention all captains. You guys are deciding on the new captain, right? I nominate Gakuro. Whoa, Nick, he's going to be a captain? What? Ichigo never got to be a captain. Oh, yeah, I guess that's, I guess Gakura is just a better character than Ichigo. Yeah, guy. he's just cooler. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Facts are facts. Uh, this chapter sucked donkey. This is uh, <laughs> so boring. The exposition is awful. We're just introduced to a bunch of characters who really don't uh, create much of a personality. There's nice guy, lazy guy, cocky guy, old guy, fourth or fifth person. Uh, So it's not a great introduction to all of them. They're giving a bunch of exposition, as you said, does not fit their world and universe. These characters should not be giving this exposition. Um, It's just kind of weird. Uh, I, I will say I like the premise that they're working on. They're like, hey, the Hue are all going to be resurrected, so we need Gawker to get stronger, so I'm awakened first, basically. Otherwise, we're going to be mm-hmm. fucked. It creates like some kind of interesting dynamic that's curious to see how it's going to go. Uh, but everything else was just very bland. This is this is when New Sexorcist is kind of at its most... Uh, unbearable is when it's trying to be like a cool action series with a whole bunch of like intricate lore and plot developments it's just like i don't know just be dumb and stupid also as a little reminder in this last uh, two-page uh, spread uh when Nue barges in on the meeting is that suo goes oh saya because she still doesn't know who Nue is yeah. so i guess this is just how she finds out about it so, okay. It's a good thing we kept that secret from her. <laughs> I guess at this point she wouldn't know yet. I think the character hasn't walked in and been like, my name's Nui. But yeah, they should. Everyone else know, should know who this character is. And they should say right. in the next chapter. Yeah. She's going to be like, wait a bit. Are you not uh, a sister not related to Kakuro by blood? That's hot. Uh... This is so disappointing. All the captains are like, wait, you pretend to be his sister who's not related by blood? Oh, oh that's so hot. That's so the hot. Old, the old man is just like, oh, man, kids are just like way, way more, way hoardier than I remember. <laughs> Holy shit. So, we have so many uh, series to still talk do. about. Two on Ice, Chapter 4, The Path. Uh, so it's the first paired performance of Hayuma and Kisara. Uh, they break into it. The and things go well uh, at the beginning. Hayuma is managing to keep pace with Kisara. Uh, he's still determined, like, look, I don't want Kisara to hold back on my behalf to just match my performance. Kisara, meanwhile, is observing, like, he's actually like not nervous about it because he's so focused on me that he's not even paying attention to the audience at all. All right, well, in that case, he should be able to do this stuff. Uh, and she lifts her leg up, and Hayuma starts to realize, like, she's kind of like her legs a little bit low, she's moving a little bit differently. Uh, and Kisara is like, you know, kind of mentally willing Hayuma to be like, follow my actual movements. Don't just follow your memory of me. Actually pay attention and, and, and all, to all the things that I'm tweaking and changing. And he is. He's fully following along with her the whole time. She has that, you know, kind of same pride comment she's had before of like, you know, it's kind of creepy how obsessed and focused that he is during all of this. 
but the performance starts to wind down. They've been in sync this whole time. It's time for that last jump. They made that promise before that if things go well, she might have them jump the triple axel for the end of their performance. But Kisara is observing Hayuma while he is so focused on the performance, and she's thinking to herself, like, he was able to learn in the environment that he was in because he was obsessed with doing the same thing as the kid that he saw on TV. He probably doesn't have just a passion for figure skating because he's only been copying me. He doesn't know anything about competitions and stuff. But he's still sticking up with me perfectly. The path to becoming a figure skater is open to Ahiyuma, and there's something I want to know. So she talks to him and gets his attention and says, hey, let's do that triple axel. And she's like, I'm not even confident I can do this because, like, I don't know if I I can't do this difficult. To, I don't know if I can do a difficult jump like this at the end of a program. But I've got to show you how a pro does a jump, Ayuma. And so they launch into it, launch into a side-by-side triple axle twirling through the air. They complete the rotations and they fall together exactly in unison, which means that Ayuma copied Kisara completely, per- completely perfectly, even her fuck up. Uh, there's a note that's like, oh, if they had done the side-by-side triple axel, then it would have been the first one in the world. So presumably that's like the big thing they're going to work up towards. Uh, but Hayuma's just happy because he's like, I did all the rotations. I was perfectly in sync with Kisara. He's so excited. He's like, this is great. This is an incredible feeling. Us, you know, performing side-by-side as a pair. I want to do it. But Kisara has come to a different realization because she has been, uh, they've of course been talking about how like, the less talented performer is matched by the more talented performer who has to come down to their level. Hayuma has been matching her this whole time. He could have probably done the triple axel if he wasn't copying her in that moment, is what she realizes. He's got the ability to exceed her and go far beyond that and be a great singles performer. And she thinks again about the mysterious Takun from her past who seems to have done something similar to her. Uh, And she realized, like, look, I'm supposedly a prodigy, but I can't compete with the most talented male skaters. He's a boy. I'm a girl. If his skills surpass mine, then he's going to be the one trying to match me. And he won't be able to live up his full potential. So they come to these simultaneous big thoughts of Ayuma being like, I'm certain now. We should be a pair. I want to do it. And Kisara is like, if you knew what you were capable of, would you still want to be my partner? Uh, so she's kind of like lost in thought at the end of their performance. Hayuma very briefly mistakes this as her being disappointed in him, but you know, they like get, they go backstage, they change into their regular clothes. When Hayuma comes out of the change room, Kisara is there at the door and she's like, yeah, you did a good job. I got something to talk to you about. Uh, I'm going to tell you about something that happened in my past. And then I want you to think this whole thing over again. So, oh, she has a big secret. She's going to tell him the secret at least. So... (laughs) Yeah, it's uh it's a bummer that uh next chapter uh he's going to show up and find out that she died falling down the stairs and he's going to be given the Wado Itamaji <laughs> to take over in her stead and become the best figure skater in the world. Yeah, the whole like oh men are always more talented athletes than women thing is a weird point to bring up in paired figure skating like it's a different art form than 
You don't have to say it. You could just say, this guy's really talented. And I think even though I'm a prodigy, this guy might be like a once in a million talent or something. Like, I don't know why it needs to bring in like the gender essentialist stuff. It's just kind of dopey, honestly. Uh, This is also just a boring chapter. Um, I don't know why the pacing of this series makes it feel like it's going to be canceled in like six weeks or something like that. <laughs> like, I was like, damn, I know you kind of set yourself up that this could be a short story, but this feels like it's going to be a very mm-hmm. short story. It does feel like we're going through certain points very quickly. I do really like the contrast in what their thought patterns are because and that we see things much more from Kisara's perspective in this chapter than from Ayuma's. Uh, you know, the the twin sides of like his admiration and his kind of being blinded by that uh, towards his own actual ability. Uh, but in terms of like, this is like their first paired performance together. And it's not really all that great a spectacle to see unfold. I feel like we got some much better visuals in the first chapter than we did in this one, where it's a little bit cluttered and crowded in some places. But it's only because, like you say, the pacing is very accelerated. It's like, we got to get to the next beat. So yeah. there's not a lot of time to have this very important moment breathe. Uh, I liked it definitely a lot more than you did, but I definitely see where the negatives are. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right. Let's uh, talk about Elusive Samurai, Nick. Yeah, it's chapter 129. Shiba Ienaga, 1337. Last time, Tokyuki had the high ground, Anakin, in his duel with Shiba. But he ran straight towards Shiba's forces. And uh, he stops, comes to a stop at the top of the stairs right in front of them as they're all like staring at him like, wait, what the hell? Uh, and he just says to them, well, of course, he's getting all excited because he's in danger. And he's like, ah, oh, you can join the fight if you want to. And they're all like, uh... I mean, yeah, we might have interfered, but why is he asking us to do it? But Shiba realizes what Tokyuki's up to. And so he says, like, hey, everyone, ready your weapons, but don't use them until I specifically order you to. And uh, he realizes, like, Tokyuki wants this to happen because he excels at fleeing in the chaos of battle. If that happens, I would find his movements unpredictable, even me. So I've got to turn his plan against him. Instead of attacking, they'll just draw his attention, and I'll just sneak attack and kill him. He might expect a surprise move, but my sword and technique leave no opening! Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Your very light, fragile sword and your single shield leave no opening. That's right. That's right. But uh, Tokyuki realizes, like, I can't use the Demon Heart uh, Buddha Blade on Iyanaka. But... I can use my other fleeing technique, the two-fanged bear blade, his lunging backwards stab. And so he thinks to himself, like, if I were going up an incline, I wouldn't be able to do it. So that was why I needed to get the high ground. And at, and at first, the Yashikak warriors all had their eyes on me, but now they're focusing on Ienaga, who's behind me. So as they concentrate their gaze they're letting me know where he is and it gets to the point where he gets in range launches into the attack thousand eye bear blade just full-on hey it's it's our second moonsault of the week <laughs> backflips through the air and it turns out it's not a moonsault sorry it's a poison rana he lands on Ianaga's shoulders pins his arms down with his legs and stabs downward with his sword 
straight through his chest. And it's Ianaga, it's cr- really cool. Ianaga flashes back forward. Oh, my powers of prediction. He sees the future Quinn to a really boring high school <laughs> AU. <laughs> <laughs> Now I think they've 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 done this uh, high school AU to some extent, not to this like length, but I feel like they've done this before. Like, what would this character be like in modern society? Uh, they would just uh, be guys who hang out. Um, they were members of a band, but one member was younger than everybody else, so they're still in high school, and everyone else is like an adult now. Yep. Um, and uh, so they hang out and they establish that Uesugi is not there because he's not dead. Because, oh, he was doing some weird stuff with a Tesla coil and smoke and stuff. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and uh, the guy who had the girl on his um, breastplate um, is um, he's a Daojin game designer. Yep. Okay. Uh and uh yeah they had a good time playing music together and uh shiba is just like you know i haven't really decided what i want to do and when i was like well you know you're good at like studying and lyrics and vocals and all that you could do anything you want you could get you could have a career in music and she was like nah the industry doesn't value talent anymore ai will take over before i can make my fortune so you know it's a very written in 2023 chapter. Yeah. Basically. AI is so good. There'll be no need for creatives anymore, man. Uh, but uh, he's told like, Hey, you know, you shouldn't let that stop you. You're 17. The future is totally open for you. And Ianaga goes outside and he thinks I live in a time where I can just take it easy. If I lived in another age, perhaps I'd have found a burning passion. How should I spend the next 70 years of my life? And in the present, the series present, Ienaga with his dying breath asks of Tokyuki, when is the best time to be alive? When is the best time to die? For me, it's right now. It's 17 years old. Bleh. Bleh. <laughs> yeah, it's like, bleh. Um, this is cool. This is a good little end of the chapter. I liked how this is like carrying across this character. This is probably the most interesting antagonist this series has really had in a long time so it was good i i i I was uh satisfied yeah it's um i think that the flash forward stuff is way too long uh for for all this because like well what would our lives have been like if we were in high school Uh, i don't know (laughs) stuff would have happened things what are you gonna do i also don't really appreciate much the weird implication of like yeah but isn't it good that he died young and you know didn't have to have a life with no aim no it's it's, pe- <laughs> it's pessimistic i you could read it as like it's a set it's like a bittersweet ending because yeah like oh you know it's great that he had this passion here you know like this passion here was like trying to hunt down this kid killed. who got killed at 17 years old like it's very young like at that point he's literally thinking about what future he'd have but you know I, I think there's something to that. I'd had to like think and like kind of really try to analyze like what that tone is meant to be. Is is it meant to be like, oh yeah, no, he, that was the, the this past version is actually the one that really got to live because the other one, he lives in a world with AI and they can do anything. 
unless you ask them to do math or <laughs> something with an objective truth to it, then they're fucked. Uh, there's no countries that begin with K, don't you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Akane Banashi. Yes. Story 82. Art of Sunshine. Akane's mom has a t-shirt that says guinea pig on it. Uh-huh. It has guinea pigs on it. Cute shirt. Uh, we get a flashback from Akane's perspective uh, where Maikeru kind of gave her the advice of like, you know, I, I don't think you should focus too much on your dad's art for right now, at least, because his art is the kind that gains depth and persuasiveness because of the time the artist has spent with it. And I don't know if you really can bring out all of that just yet. But Akane is like in full agreement. She's like, I need to discover who I am now. I need to find an art that matches my min. And of course, she has just witnessed uh, Chocho's big performance. And uh, she's realizing as she watches it, like, oh, my God, this that dialect he's using, the quick tempo the, that gets rapid bursts of laughter. It's not like Master Urara. It's not like Kaisei Anisan. He's got this dry, crisp style. The art of sunshine. Uh, for performance ends, people, you know, the audience leave and they're like, ah, oh, man, can't believe you picked that light, quick story, but it was so good. No complaints. It's just so good. Uh, and they're like, it's almost like we're the ones gambling when we come to see him. Nice. Uh, Chocho's been left a lot of tips because he's got really passionate fans who will do that, so he's just raking in the dough right now, and uh, he is like, hey, all you Zenza, let's go! There's only one place to go after a show! Drink it! Yeah. <laughs> takes, out, takes out all the Zenza who have all got beers, except Akane. Uh, <laughs> got a little little fruity drink of some kind, it looks like. Um, and uh, She should be old enough to drink, though, right? She's, like, she's what, a chober. Yeah, she, I don't, I don't know what the drinking age in Japan is. In my mind, is it not like nineteen or something like that, or eighteen? I don't know off the top of my head. I'm gonna so. look this up right now. Okay. Uh, Chocha's like, oh, I'm gonna, sp- I'll, I'll pay for everyone's tab. Twenty. Yeah. So no, she would not be able to yet. Gotcha. Uh, so I kind of like, wait, what are you doing? And Chocha's like, what? Money's meant to be spent. <laughs> so he's a very wise investor. He is. Yeah. Uh, but he's like, ah, I don't hold on to money overnight. And Asagao and Nakane are both like, oh, he's so cool. And she's like, what? What is this? What is this guy? What? I don't get Yeah. I wanted one character to be like, this seems like bad financial plans for your long term future. <laughs> uh, Karashi looks at Asagao and is like, hey, what did you want to ask me about? Why'd you call me here? And Asagao says, hey, well, I'm starting to think, I'm, I'm thinking of uh, starting a study event. It's like, what do you mean study event? Oh, you know, since I'm going to be a Futatsumi, he's still got the banner and rolls it out for him. But he says, like, look, I'm not officially going to be a Futatsumi until February, which is a half year from now. And so my master wants to have monthly events to improve my skill up to that point. And uh, thanks to her connections, I've got a venue all lined up. But I don't know if I wanted to just be with, you know, just her. Uh, and uh, uh, indicating Akane. And Karash is like, oh, yeah, she's trouble. <laughs> so good. Um, so Karash is like, okay, so you want me to take part in this in this whole thing? And, and Asuka was like, well, it ain't that simple. Or Chocho says that. He says, Asa is my only apprentice. We're talking about his special day here. So I want it to be a grand celebration. 
The study event is to help set the stage for him. I want you to treat this with the reverence it deserves. Of course, nothing bad has been set in stone yet. Then Akane brings up like, hey, that bet we started to have backstage. And Trevor's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We never settled that. Sorry. Uh, what do you want from me? And Akane says, I want you to train me, Master. Oh, different and, than what we thought. Yeah. That's the guy was like, but I thought you wanted Master Tyson. And Akane's like, yeah, but. And she just realized like. I, when I saw that performance, I just knew I, 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 this was an opportunity I couldn't let slip away. And uh, Karashi also raises his hand. is like, yeah, I want to learn a story from you, too, because his master directly told him, this is the man who will be your guy post. Yeah. Uh, uh, so uh, Churchill's like, ha, all right, fine. I don't have any problem with ambition. You know how I roll, right? And he literally is going to roll the dice for this. Of course, he takes out a pair of dice. But we cut away from there for the end of the chapter to Shigama speaking. He's speaking with Guriko. He says, art has roots in the land where there are differences in background, words and culture. There are differences in artistic expression and aesthetics. The things that you've been raised on might turn into shackles holding you back. It will be a very difficult learning experience. And Guriko just says, I'm prepared for that. I want to go to Osaka. Everyone's right. moving, trying to get stronger. Yep. All right. Gentle, gentle little chapter. Some interesting stuff. See what happens. Gambling. Never know. Mm. Nick, let's talk Good. about One Piece. Chapter 1095. Better off dead in this world. We have a lot to discuss. So uh, just going to jump in and try to jump over what I can. So the Marines are kind of like, hey, get the fuck out of here. If you're not an admiral or rear admiral, get out of here. Don't look at this guy. Please. You're going to die. Uh, and we see that the, the remaining admirals and rear admirals are like, oh, what have you done? You've stabbed our elder. He stands upon the world itself. Ready weapons. And Jay Garcia Saturn uh, is like, pipe down. If I were afraid of her sword, I would have avoided it. And he does something to knock her out. It could be something that's related to his double fruit. It's unclear if it's like telekinesis or if he like just has this ability to exert a pressure. But he, he basically like hits her with some kind of concussive force that sort of knocks her out. Sanji goes to try to interfere. This force hits him too and kind of pins him to the ground. Saturn lifts the sword out of him, which looks very tidy in his hands. It's very cool. And the blood literally just vanishes at that point. And they're like, oh, like, this is our opportunity. Let's do this now. And he's like, wait. And he, he kind of examines the field. He's like, Kizaru, this was you kind of fucked up. This was pretty sluggish even by your standard. And he's like, I'm sorry I failed you. Oh, I just got fucking haymakered in my noggin. So I don't think I'm going to be getting up anytime soon. <laughs> and Saturn's like, yes, I can see why. He looks over towards Luffy and he goes to stab him with one of his little kind of like spider claws. Uh, but Frankie manages to knock him out of the way and grab him and save him from, you know, uh, being just pierced and killed at that point. Uh, and Jay Garcia Saturn just says, Straw Hat Luffy, Jewelry Bonnie, we failed to anticipate your presence here. But if your fate is strong enough to escape this desperate situation, I would very much like to see it because they are in a pretty bad spot they are surrounded mm -hmm. by marines uh things just look really really bad right now 
Uh, he does note, like, oh, Vegapunk, thank you for your service. We are going to kill you, too. <laughs> what order would you guys like to die on? I want you to die with nothing but regret for your rebellion against the world government. And he starts squeezing bodies. He says, why is it that human beings feel the need to do what they are explicitly forbidden from doing? And it's very unnerving that it comes from this guy. Because I'm like, my man, are you not a human being? Like, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, it's very, very disturbing. Uh, Sanji is like, can anybody else move? And they're like, no, it's like we're all being held down. I don't get it. Bonnie's like, fuck you. You killed my dad. And he's like, yeah. Kuma? He was born to a slave caste. What do you want? He's a descendant of a clan that once committed a grave crime against this world. The last survivor of the extinct buccaneer people. I knew it. Kuma is a descendant of Leroy Selman. Uh-huh. <laughs> um... Oh, I forgot to mention that when Frankie saves Luffy, uh, Saturn has this line that I think is very uh, interesting. He's like, I see a pirate crew that cooperates, which to us probably wouldn't seem like much. But for reasons I'll get into later, I get the feeling that the Saturn hasn't seen many pirate crews that aren't just actively probably. kind of antagonistic towards each other. Right. Um, Body starts getting a flashback of her life with Kuma, where Kuma's explained to her, ever since I was a boy, I wanted to be a hero who would save the imprisoned and starving, just like Nika, the warrior of liberation. Uh, Yeah, and a little little drum sounds going. He's like, yes, he's my idol. He appears from the blue with laughter and this rhythm. And uh, at the same time, Saturn is holding Bonnie up and he's like, ready and aim, men. Shoot for the head. Uh, now, none of you better shoot my hand. Yeah, I know that my hand dwarfs her entire body, but you better not yeah. n- not shoot my giant hand. Someone better aim right. Uh, and Bonnie, at the end of this little flashback, just says, "Will he come and free me too?" And Kuma says, "Of course." Cut forty-seven Ooh. years ago, Nick. We're now in the flashback, the Kuma flashback. We knew we were going to get for a while now. We see Kuma at his birth. His parents are there. Uh, His dad talks to the doctor afterwards. And he's like, hey, doctor. And the doctor's like, don't worry. I won't speak a word of his blood. Uh, And we don't really get time. Like, they're like, oh, what a healthy boy. The next panel is the doctor being like, I'm so sorry. Oh, they told them everything. Oh, no. And uh, some time clearly has passed because Kuma's a little bit older, but all three of them have been imprisoned. The dads have been enslaved, I should say. And the dad's just like, no, like, please, for love, like, I I understand I have the Buccaneer blood, but my wife doesn't. Please don't enslave her, too. My Um, wife and son are not related to Simeon Rice, I promise. (laughs) All these obscure Tampa Bay Buccaneer references that Nick is going to go wild for. Listen, Brian Kelly did not, is not the one who committed the crime. (laughs) I I think that he should go. Yeah. Uh, We get get a little bit of a clip uh, a moment later where Kuma runs into his dad again. He's like, "Uh, how are you doing? And clearly like the dad's trying to put on a brave face and like Kuma's like, oh, it's okay. My, My master's really kind and gentle so I'm very lucky. And then his dad's just like, your mom's dead. She's in heaven now. But I think it's better off this way. (laughs) 
<laughs> but he then tries to start being encouraging. He's like, look, Kuma, you can do this. You're strong. It's like, no, I would rather be dead. Let me be dead like mom. And he's like, no, a warrior of liberation will come. He will show up to save you. The sun god, Nikia. And his dad just starts telling the story like, yes, a legendary warrior. And he'll show up and he'll save everybody. And he's always smiling and laughing. And he's always dancing. Dum, da, 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 dum, da, dum, da, da, dum, da, da, dum, And... I don't want to get into it. Like, this is a dark chapter, but literally this young boy's just staring in their blank face as the, the splatter hits him. It is savage. And it's all because a celestial dragon was like, shut up in there. It's yeah. fucking ruthless. Cut Nick to 38 years ago now, Nick. In the West Blue... A celestial dragon is in front of a bunch of other ones. And he's like, hey, it is what we've waited for for all these last three years. It is time for our native hunting competition. And our arena shall be the unaffiliated land of God Valley. This place that has the audacity to name itself the Valley of God. And we shall claim it for the world government. And the king of God Valley is like, how dare you do this? You cannot hunt my people for sport and is immediately killed. <laughs> he is yep. immediately sliced down by St. Figurant Garling, who we have seen before, Nick. Yes. He showed he had, he had the moon hair. <laughs> he yes. did. He had the moon hair. I wasn't sure if you'd remember that guy, because uh there's like a thousand characters in one piece. Yep. Uh but he hunt he kills this guy and they're like chastising him. They're very casual about this. They're like, how could you do that? <laughs> Negative ten thousand points. He's like, good, that'll make a fair competition. Very obnoxious. But we see Saturn is there and like uh you know, the agents like they've caught the child, sir, the buccaneer boy. And we cut over to a couple people who are dragging sort of like an unconscious Kuma back who is just like, damn it, if you... He's he's nine. Yeah, he's having a rough life at this point. Uh, and they're dragging it back. They're like, no, if you guys, you know, if you escape, they'll kill all of us. When two voices from atop a cliff uh, stop them, uh, it's one person who's like, ah, that must be the Buccaneer boy. No wonder you're so big. The Riddell Anthony. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. The mic all stopped. You've got oh, giant's on. blood, I hear. Uh, oh, no, no, no. That's Tiki Barber. It's <laughs> true. Uh, was it Ronde Barber? Ronde was his twin brother on the Buccaneers. Yeah, that's right. Let's get Buccaneer characters in here. If we're doing Giants references, I'll throw some real fucking deep cuts at you. Yeah. Uh, who should we see, Nick? But Imperio Ivankov and a new character, Ginny, who uh, seems to be related to Ivankov. Seems to be, yes. First to him as his big brother. Nick, so many things happen in this chapter, many of which I don't I, I don't know if you even know of. Uh, Probably. I had to research uh, a lot of this. Okay. So do you know what happens 38 years ago in God's Valley? No. Okay. No. <laughs> so it's worth noting God's Valley does not exist anymore. Oh, so everything's um, going to be fine. Everything's going to be great. A lot of shit is going to happen here. Uh, this is not going to just be a Kumba flashback. A, like a shit ton of characters are going to be involved in this. Assuming they tell everything. I don't know. Maybe they'll keep half the story here and half later. I don't know. But this is the location where Rock's pirate crew shows up. Um, and that's the crew that has Whitebeard in it. And 
and uh, Big Mom and Kaido and Stussy. Huge, huge crew. We know this is where Kaido gets his devil fruit from Big Mom. And you can see in that uh, that scene with the little dude, uh, there's a bunch of like treasure chests back there that look shaped like size, kind of like devil fruits. That may be where it happens. Uh, Rock shows up here. This is also where Gart becomes famous. Uh, this he's like he because they get into a fight and they they get into a fight with uh rocks and he secretly teams up with Roger to do it, who is not a big deal at this point. Rocks is kind of like the big shit before Roger was essentially right. So they team up together. It's where Roger becomes uh kind of like starts to take over a little bit of the mantle. It's where uh, Garp becomes famous. He, they hide the actual involvement of Garp. Or not of Garp. I'm mixing characters' names up. Uh, they hide the assistance of Rogers from everybody. Uh, and Rox dies here. And then this is when it basically starts the Whitebeard Pirates, the Big Bomb Pirates. Like, all of them start their own crews after all of this. Uh, and then Rogers finds a baby Shanks inside of a treasure chest because uh, Shanks is from the Figureland family. And then this island gets blown up. I believe okay. I have all the details right. A lot of stuff happens here. The reason why I thought it was significant that St. Saturn was like a pirate crew that works together is because uh, ev- like the Rocks pirates all kind of hate each other. No one has sure. talked favorably about Rocks. Everyone's just like, fuck this guy or whatever um but uh there's a bunch of stuff that's going on at this uh moment in time it's very possible this is just where the revolutionaries start i think it's not impossible that we might see like a young dragon who garp brought along maybe he's like a young marine at this point and he's just so disgusted by what he sees here that like he takes kuma and ivankov and forms the revolutionaries at that point i don't know yeah, so uh was not aware of a lot of that. Um, all I know is that uh, I do like the touch of, you know, just like the generational like parental care mm-hmm. of, you know, like Kuma comforting Bonnie with the same, you know, stories of Nika and the, you know, the, the drums that sound the same way that his dad tried to comfort him right before his dad got shot right in front of him. Yay! <laughs> um it's one of those things that's like you know because we've because we've only ever really seen a heavily modified kuma in the past that we don't get to see a lot of who he actually was as a person uh and so it's just nice to have that touch and to see like why bonnie cares about him so much and what happened to him it feels like kuma's story is also going to be very bittersweet because Mm -hmm. he didn't get saved by nika he's been like half most of his identity has been completely taken away he's been enslaved again like it's it's fucking heartbreaking i think there might still be a part of him that luffy's going to be able to save here but this definitely feels brutal to read because you're like shit uh things are going to get worse for you before they get better (laughs) yeah uh yeah Uh, i guess we'll probably be on in this flashback for a little while because it does seem like it's going to be a big deal I uh, would not be shocked if we're in this flashback up until next year. Possibly. Because there's... Given the, it, given the pace of the way chapters have been coming out. Yeah. And also just, stretch. again, there's so many freaking elements that presumably they're going to have to cover in here. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see. Uh, for now, though, we're done talking about the manga for the week. So tell me, what was your favorite chapter? Who's your MVP? 
I'm going to give my character of the... Or, yeah, actually, I'll do my character first. I'm going to give that to Ashiromina from mm-hmm. Kaijin number 8. She was really, really good. Great character moment for her. I like her as a character now, and I think I'm going to give my chapter of the week to One Piece. Um, maybe just because it was so bleak, uh, but also intriguing with lore. There's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, I'm going to echo the Mina Ashura thing. Uh, the, like I said, uh, the before this chapter, I was like, oh, come on, let's get, give us something out of it. And by the end of the chapter, I was like, yeah, you fucking kill that kaiju, Mina. <laughs> Blow it up. I'm on your side. No, <laughs> uh, I loved it. Um, in terms of chapter of the week, though, I'm going to go with My Hero Academia. Mm. I thought that it built up to the moment the way that it needed to. Uh, yeah. Like, hey, here's the big heroic return of Bakugo, who has been, as far as anyone could tell, basically at death's door for over a year. And it made his return seem like a big deal after delving, uh, driving All Might to his lowest point up to that moment. So that is going to be it for me with the audience. Good stuff. The audience, by the way, agreed to me on One Piece as the chapter of the week and Mina as the character of the week. Agreed to both of us there on that. So everyone, everyone loves Mina this week, Nick. Yep. Uh, so don't ruin it, Mina. Don't like, yeah, I don't, don't know. fuck it up next week. Yeah, don't 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 say like, you know, it's like and that is why we need to <laughs> That's why we need to support the billionaires of the world. Yeah. <laughs> Next chapter she's like, I wish I was the best member of this unit, but I, I can't be, for I am a woman and Kafka is a man. He has he'll reach heights I can never possibly reach. Like he sh- can do a triple axel and I can't. <laughs> I was like, you shoot a fucking take cannon on a tiger in midair. What possible height can he reach that you can't <laughs> uh guys thank you for joining us for the recording of the show we do this each week wednesday evenings usually at around 7 30 eastern time but to stay updated make sure you join the discord server it will be linked wherever this podcast gets posted including on wikimogrecap.podbean.com uh, on itunes on spotify other podcasting places we're also on youtube for the video version youtube.com slash recap and we would like to thank Milo Jack Stillitson and Wizzle Cheddar for creating the opening sequence of the video version of the show. Uh, NinjaX3i for maintaining the Google Doc, which you can find via the Discord server. Uh, keeps track of all the statistics associated with the show and uh, questions, recommendations for future episodes, all that kind of stuff. And we would like to thank uh, Steve Mann, who does some title cards occasionally for us. You can find his artwork using Steve Mann Art as your search term, and it'll give you a whole bunch of different places that you post stuff. If you want to support the show in a, any kind of financial way, we are on Patreon, patreon.com slash recap, and uh, we post some bonus content on there if you want to get your hands on that. Yes, absolutely. Well, guys, that is going to do it for Weekly Manga Recap this week. Uh, place your bets. I wonder which special guest Weekly Manga Recap will have next week. It's crazy, right? It could be anybody. Mm-hmm. Could be. Yeah. Theoretically, it could be anyone. Yeah. Uh, I guess also it could be who you'd most expect. So make obvious mm. guesses too, I guess. Yeah. Um, also, it could just be like an original character you never heard of. It could be Hambo yeah. Jackson shows up. It's like, Nick, is that there gold in that there My Hero Academia? And you're like, oh, I hate this bit already. 
but it won't but it also could be like an original character that we haven't like talked about on the show before it could just be like one where you like have to like explain it as as they're doing their thing and uh, so it'll be very entertaining for everyone if you know they're like oh it's a character i can't identify at all it's uh it's a jordan the firefighter who doesn't know what a fire is just goes around with like boxing gloves on it's like when i figure out what a fire is i'm gonna <laughs> fight it i'm gonna beat the shit out of this thing when i see it do you uh, know that that's not how you fight fires like i'm pretty sure it is <laughs> whoa wait my, wait a minute all right that's it everybody goodbye